You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. I'm Ian Ozan. Join Bernadette Lee and me every morning for Acadiana's Morning News from 6 to 9 on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. We start your day off with the latest headlines, the important newsmakers from Acadiana, and a few laughs along the way. Every Wednesday, your voice is heard during Ringing It Wednesday, and every Thursday, Mayor President Josh Guillory joins us for Lafayette Live. So tune in every Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 for Acadiana's Morning News right here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL and the KPEL mobile app. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Tammy Bruce. What's on your mind? It is now revealed that the Biden administration, which has brought us an Orwellian disinformation board, that they insist will not be used against American citizens, was purchasing cell phone location data and movement information to surveil American citizens during the COVID crisis. How many times did we hear that anyone concerned about digital vaccine passports and lockdowns being used as an excuse to surveil our private lives and movement was a nutty conspiracy theorist? Lo and behold, it seems like that is exactly what is happening. Ostensibly to track compliance with lockdowns. In this case, the CDC tracked people wherever they went, including schools, church, and even when visiting neighbors using cell phone tracking data. The investigative website Vice broke the news reporting, quote, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention bought access to location data harvested from tens of millions of phones in the United States to perform analysis of compliance with curfews, track patterns of people visiting K through 12 schools, and specifically to monitor the effectiveness of policy in the Navajo Nation. The documents also show that although the CDC used COVID-19 as a reason to buy access to the data more quickly, it intended to use it for more general CDC purposes. So where do we start? The issue here is that a government bureaucracy believes surveilling the American people en masse was a perfectly fine thing to do, you know, in the name of safety. We know the Democrats never want to let a good crisis go to waste. For them, every crisis presents an opportunity to do the worst thing possible. In this case, it was sweeping away the rule of law and constitutional order simply because they could. Is your blood boiling yet? It should be. Reasonable people could surmise that this is a dry run of a disgraceful and illegal effort by the government to normalize the tracking of individual Americans, categorizing them and using that information for law enforcement and even for political organizing purposes. The CDC clearly feels they are above the law and other constitutional decencies and was perfectly comfortable initiating mass surveillance on innocent people living their lives. The question now becomes, what's tracked next? What about parents attending a school board meeting? Or how about people visiting a gun store? Or how about individual tracking of people who attend a Trump rally? Remember, the Biden administration is challenging the overturning of the mask mandate, not because it's imperative to your health. In their statement, they said they were doing it to preserve the CDC's authority to do whatever they deem necessary during an emergency. The good news is it's now clear there must be legislation to stop this repugnant practice in its tracks. The Just the News website reported Senator Rand Paul, a fierce protector of freedom and privacy, says it is time to ban federal agencies from being able to track Americans' behavior by buying their cell phone location data from commercial vendors. He said, when the government is trying to snoop on your behavior, it's wrong. 
and there should be a law against it. This is a bill languishing in Congress called the Fourth Amendment is Not for Sale Act, stopping the federal government from buying location information without a warrant. Contacting your representatives is imperative so they know you are aware of what's happening and that this end run against the Fourth Amendment must be stopped in its tracks. This is Tammy Bruce, Fox News contributor. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. To hear the podcast version of this program, go to foxnewspodcasts.com. And for all the latest news, go to foxnews.com. Folks, it's hard to keep up with what's going on in the world today. We're seeing 40-year highs in inflation. The cost of living is going up. Every week, more price increases are announced. Supply chain disruptions are driving prices higher and making it harder to make ends meet. But if you have 50000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or any other retirement savings, it's obvious your money could be at risk. Call my friends at GoldCo at 855-707-GOLD. GoldCo has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They've helped their customers place nearly $1 billion in precious metals. It's the company I recommend to my audience, friends, and family for gold and silver. Call 855-707-GOLD to get a free gold IRA kit to see how thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings with gold and silver and how many are getting 10000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call them at 855-707-GOLD. That's 855-707-GOLD. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Gold Co. cannot guarantee a sure promise future market movement, prices, or profits. This is Moon Graffon. I've always believed there's two types of fishermen. There are people like me that love to fish. And there are people like Don Dubuque who can catch fish. And that's why you need to listen to the Outdoor Show with Don Dubuque Saturdays from 5 to 7 a.m. Here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Brought to you by Louisiana's number one Chevy dealer seven years in a row. Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Find new roads. KPL covers Acadiana with Lowry's printing and copying. Party in the Park will be held on Sunday, May 22nd, 2022, from noon until 6 p.m. at Moncus Park. There will be live entertainment, food and drinks, kids' activities, and of course, amazing views for the whole family to take in. For more information on Party in the Park, you can visit moncuspark.org. Tickets are still on sale for the 2022 St. Jude Dream Home located in Lafayette Parish. The home is a 3,100-square-foot, four-bedroom home in the Sable Palm subdivision in Youngsville. Its estimated value is $700,000. Tickets are $100 each. You can visit stjude.org slash give slash dream dash home. If you or your organization has an event that you would like to get on the KPL community calendar, email it to news at kpel965.com. That's news at kpel. 965.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. An end around the Supreme Court. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That's what the Senate's Democratic leader wants. Chuck Schumer planning a vote today to make abortion legal nationwide. A week after the late court draft opinion showing conservative justices ready to overturn the Roe v. Wade ruling. Now we know women's rights are at stake. So this vote is the first step. We are going to keep fighting. 
But that procedural step will fail, likely several or more votes shy of the 60 needed to overcome a filibuster. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell doubts any federal abortion legislation could win a supermajority. Fox's Jared Halpern, pro-choice activists, plan to protest outside justices' homes again today. Here's Fox's Marianne Rafferty. Those walk-by Wednesday protests being organized by the group Ruth Sent Us, that's organized behind these demonstrations in the past. The White House and Democrats jumped to the defense of protesters they call peaceful outside of Supreme Court justices' homes, but Republicans are outraged. They claim it's an attempt to intimidate. Now, here's something both parties agree on. More aid to Ukraine. The yeas are 368. The nays are 57. The bill is passed. The House sending the Senate that legislation to provide $40 billion in weapons and humanitarian assistance. A journalist was killed early this morning covering an Israeli raid in the West Bank. Shireen Abu Akla, a U.S. citizen, worked for Al Jazeera, which blamed Israeli forces. But Israel claims she was hit by Palestinian gunfire. Gas prices hit a new record high this morning. AAA puts national average for regular at 440 per gallon. Some of the roots of the inflation are outside of our control, to state the obvious. President Biden blames COVID, supply chain issues, and Russia's invasion, says Republicans are not helping fight rising costs. They blame his policies. Now, next hour, we'll get the April inflation report that is going to show consumer prices rose again. They have been up recently at levels not seen in 40 years. America's listening to Fox News. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit AutismSpeaks.org employment. Economists are warning that sanctions against Russia could trigger devastating inflation, worse than the current 40-year highs. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to protect your savings right now with a gold IRA through Birch Gold, the only company I trust for gold. Just text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on how to protect your savings with gold. Again, text SHELTER to 989898. A rare primary defeat for a Republican backed by former President Trump. Charles Herbster lost the race for governor in Nebraska. Jim Pillen edged him out. But in West Virginia, two candidates backed by former President Trump won their GOP primaries. Incumbent Carol Miller is headed for a first district showdown with Democrat Lacey Watson. In the second district contest, it was Alex Mooney beating David McKinley to move on to November. He says he's fighting for his home state. Mountaineers are far worse the He'll now face Democrat Barry Wendell in November. Both races could be big advantages toward a Republican House majority in what is seen as a deep red state. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Casey White's back in jail in Alabama nearly two weeks after the murder suspect escaped with a corrections officer, Vicki White, no relation. Their run as fugitives ended Monday. Police body cam video showing officers dragging former corrections officer and alleged accomplice Vicki White out of their getaway car, which crashed in Evansville, Indiana, after law enforcement ran them off the road. Authorities say his prison guard lover shot herself in the head and later died at the hospital. Cops finding an arsenal of weapons in the car, including several handguns and semi-automatic weapons. After his arrest, police say Casey White told them 
he had planned to go out in a hail of bullets. Fox's Todd Pyro on Wall Street ahead of the inflation report. Stock futures are surging. The day after the Dow lost another 84 points on top of big recent sell-offs. But the Nasdaq rebounded a bit, rising 114. A rookie pitches his way into the record books in baseball. Ground ball. Velasquez throws across. Detmers blanked the Tampa Bay Rays on Bally Sports in a 12-0 Los Angeles Angels win in the NBA playoffs. Blowout wins for Phoenix over Dallas and Miami over Philadelphia. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. The Fox Business Report is being brought to you by Ardco Equipment Rentals in New Iberia. Let Ardco handle all of your heavy equipment needs. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks closing mixed as the market struggles to rebound from losses as uncertainty over inflation, interest rates, and the economy continue to weigh on the market. Real estate companies and consables were among the laggards. Battered tech stocks like Microsoft, Salesforce, and Apple were among the gainers. The sector has suffered some of the biggest losses in recent weeks as investors move out of growth areas and into safe havens. The Dow falling 85 points, the Nasdaq up 114, S&P 500 up 10. An electronic arts share slipped in the extended session after the video game publisher reported a mixed bag of slight beats and misses in both its results and outlook. And Wynn Resorts reported a narrow loss in revenue below analyst expectations in the first quarter as headwinds from the pandemic continue to affect the casino operator. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. Why do I take chalk every day? Because testosterone levels are at an all-time low. And I know the losers who run this country want us weak. They want you weak. They want me weak. They want us all to just be a bunch of effeminate, infertile losers. We can't do that. Start taking a male vitality stack from chalk.com. Go to choq.com. Use the code JESSE. And that gets you 30% off. Natural Herbal Supplements. A patriotic company. choq.com. Promo code JESSE. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, Acadiana. It is 6.06 in the morning. Brandon, what does the temperature say on your end? Because the National Weather Service is down. It's 69 degrees on our end. Wait, it's 69. How in the world is it 69 degrees right now when it's going to be 92 and feeling like 115 <laughs> later on today? It, Louisiana weather needs to get its act together. That's That's why my sinuses are acting up like crazy this morning. Yes, it is. This is. You know what? We went into the wrong business. We should have become doctors, become ENTs. We'd make a killing in this area. <laughs> You're right about that. Daniel Phillips says sunny in 92 today. A full look at the forecast coming up in just a little bit for News Talk 96.5 KPEL. I'm Ian Ozan. We start in Lafayette, where an assistant district attorney's job status is in limbo amid the FBI's investigation at the parish courthouse. District Attorney Don Landry confirmed that the feds are investigating the pretrial diversion program in his office. In a prepared statement, Landry said his office is cooperating with federal agents. Meanwhile, city prosecutor Gary Haynes is on administrative leave from that job pending an outside investigation. LCG officials confirmed those details late Tuesday. Haynes is also an assistant district attorney in the pretrial diversion program. His employment status with the DA's office is not known. Haynes's ex-wife, Barna Haynes, was ensnared in the last pretrial diversion scandal in the DA's office. Ten years ago, Barna Haynes was then district attorney Mike Harson's secretary. She pleaded guilty to accepting bribes from a private investigator to arrange private hearings for certain defendants. According to prosecutors in that case, Barna Haynes transferred cases in city court where her husband worked to district court and scheduled those cases to be resolved there. 
Gary Haynes was not implicated in that scandal. In other news, a Kaplan woman is dead after a crash in Lafayette Parish. That crash on LA 343 near Moon Court Road killed Len Vong. State police say an SUV rear-ended Vong's car, sending both vehicles off the road. The crash remains under investigation. A generet man is facing a simple arson charge in connection with a trailer fire. The state fire marshal says Jonathan Edwards intentionally set fire to the mobile home's living room. No one was injured, but the mobile home sustained major damage. Lafayette firefighters say a fire drill may have saved the life of a family. That fire happened Tuesday on Crabapple Hill. Firefighters say a four-year-old notified her mother of that blaze. The mother then instructed her daughters to go outside to their meeting place while she extinguished the fire. When firefighters arrived, the family was outside in a safe location. Those fire drills worked. The fire started in a laundry room. The cause remains under investigation. Kankton is under a boil advisory this morning. That's because of a broken water main. Village officials say they'll give updates as they become available. In state news, a bill allowing parents to sue schools who refuse to admit their children for not being vaccinated clears a House committee. Brooke Thorrington has those details. Homer Representative Burl Amade says the bill is needed because some schools still turn unvaccinated students away even when parents opt out. I would have the Department of Education contact the school and let them know that the law says that they are expected to accept these. And lo and behold, sometimes the schools say no. Deborah Nolan opposed the bill, saying we don't need another law giving parents the right to sue. This bill does not create a reason for people to sue. They already can sue. Then we don't need another one. The bill passed on a six to five vote. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Today in the Capitol, New Iberia Representative Blake Miguez will once again bring a bill that would ban state and local governments from accepting donations from nonprofit groups to cover election expenses. Miguez introduced that bill last year and the year before. Both times lawmakers said yes. Governor Edwards, though, vetoed the bills both times, calling them political ploys. It all stems from two different scenarios, one in 2020, another in 2021, in which Attorney General Jeff Landry called on both the Secretary of State and several parish governments to reject millions of dollars in those grants. That money would have covered pandemic and hurricane-related election expenses. We should note that Landry lost in court both times when he sued to prevent local governments from seeking that money. The House Committee investigating Ronald Green's death meets today. This meeting comes as federal prosecutors express doubt that they can charge the state troopers involved in Green's death with civil rights violations. Kevin Gallagher has that story. A sticking point is, did troopers willfully impose punishment on Green after he was cuffed and in custody? Body cam video shows him being beaten and kicked, but does it show willful prejudice against him? Baton Rouge defense attorney Richard Sprinkle. Were they after Ronald Green per se, or were they just overzealous in their job? Prosecutors have been reviewing footage and interviews for months, and Sprinkle says if they don't think they have a good civil rights case, they won't bring one. It's not my experience that federal prosecutors tend to back down unless there's a reason to back down. He says there's no reason this should impede a civil suit by Green's family. I'm Kevin Gallagher. Louisiana's oyster industry has taken major hits over the last 15 years. Hurricanes, floods, and other disasters have increased salinity in oyster beds, killing off some of the crop. Now, UL and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries are working together to develop more resilient oysters. According to UL biology professor Beth Stouffer, the $14 million research partnership is designed to ensure the viability of Louisiana's oyster industry. 
we're trying to kind of harness that that tolerance and that ability to survive in those conditions and put more oysters out there that more of them will survive. And we can basically identify oysters that have that trait and kind of target them for breeding, for spawning, and kind of large-scale oyster production. In sports, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajun softball team begins Sunbelt Conference tournament play this morning. They'll take on Coastal Carolina at 10 o'clock. The Chanticleers beat ULM 5 to nothing in yesterday's play-in game to reach the double elimination bracket. Louisiana swept Coastal in their series at Lamson Park two weeks ago. That game on our sister station ESPN Lafayette. Bobby Navu and I have the call of that game, 945 pregame, 10 o'clock first pitch. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns baseball team uses a late rally to beat Rice. The Cajuns scored five runs between the seventh and the eighth innings to beat the Owls 7-3. Connor Kempel recorded a triple, a double, and two runs batted in during that rally. Louisiana and Rice do battle again tonight at 6.30, that game at Reckling Park in Houston. And all I can think about, Brandon, is Rice, Rice, baby. <laughs> in the NBA, Bob Lanier, the first overall draft pick in 1970, who became one of his era's most dominant centers, has died. The Basketball Hall of Famer was 73 years old. Nobody won the Mega Millions jackpot last night. It's up to $99 million for Friday. Powerball jackpot tonight at $67 million. Lotto at $1,425,000. Easy five at $80,000. Maybe you will get lucky this evening. And by now, you've heard a familiar voice in an unfamiliar time joining us. In the co-host chair today, the one, the only, Brandon Como. Brandon, it's been a long time since we've held court together for a full three-hour show. What in the world are we going to do with ourselves? I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out along the way, but uh, Bernie is out today, but she will be back tomorrow. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, today, Bernie uh, is in Baton Rouge uh, getting to see some of the craziness that you talked about in the Louisiana legislature. She'll get to see um, what you were talking about, uh, you know, Blake Miguez's bill and others uh, that are going um, out today. You know, I'll say this, man. Um, as far as abortion legislation goes, tomorrow is a huge day as the bill that was uh, is put forth by uh, Danny McCormick that mm -hmm. would criminalize abortion is actually scheduled for the docket tomorrow. And I, look, I'll tell you, this is something that anti-abortion groups are not on the same page on as of this moment. Because, you know, like Louisiana Right to Life and others like uh, and, and, and the Family Forum, they don't want to criminalize abortion in the sense of, you know, making the mother um, uh, out to be a criminal. Their thing is we just want to protect the baby. But you have others like McCormick and you have um, others, um, uh, other groups, anti-abortion groups in the state that say, hey, look, you know, murder is murder. And so you've got those two sides that are going after it. And some things that I've heard behind the scenes, there's a little bit of frustration going on in the fact that they can't seem to get on the same page as anti-abortion uh, activists are basically trying to capitalize on what's happening with Roe v. Wade and how it's expected to be overturned. But you know, they can't get on the same page. And so, uh, you know, today is a huge day, but tomorrow is going to be really big for abortion rights uh, moving forward in the state. It's going to be big. And the interesting thing with this, with Danny McCormick's bill, there are two issues at play here. One, we're in a legislative session, the second to last legislative section, a session before an election year. Everybody's jockeying for re-election right now, so they're playing to their conservative bases, especially Danny McCormick, mm -hmm. who represents a highly conservative area of northwestern Louisiana. Yeah. So you have that part in play. You also have the medical side of it. You mentioned the 
pro-life groups having uh, disagreements about where where the law should start and end. Mm-hmm. There's disagreement in the medical community about when uh, when viability begins or technically when a fetal heartbeat is detected. You have people who are arguing that six weeks is is where you first begin a heartbeat. There are doctors who say that, well, that's not a heartbeat. That's, uh, that's electrical pulses that are, that are picked up and amplified by the sonogram. So there's a lot of disagreement with this. And something we'll talk about on Winging It Wednesday today, a Business Insider report that came out over the weekend suggests that the 13 states with trigger laws, including Louisiana, do not have the infrastructure in place to even begin enforcing their anti-abortion trigger laws. So if there's no means to enforce what's already on the book, should Roe v. Wade be overturned, how in the world would a bill like the one Danny McCormick is proposing be enforced? It's, it's a headache and a mess that's waiting to happen. And if things go the way we think they are in Washington, D.C., uh, that headache's going to be here sooner rather than later. All of that and more coming up in Winging It Wednesday. We'll talk more about the district attorney situation. We'll talk about uh, some of the other events going on in local and state politics all throughout the show this morning. Also coming up a little bit later on this morning, Brandon and I will talk football. After all, we are football guys, so we'll get into some of what's going on on the pro football landscape in terms of the NFL, the New Orleans Saints, as well as the new USFL. We'll find out if Brandon's had a chance to watch any of that. Of course, your phone calls welcome, 337-232-1542. You can send us a message through the app chat. You know the drill by now. Download the KPL mobile app. If you're not already, what are you waiting for? Download the app right now. You can call us from there. You can send us mobile chats like John Dozat, like Scott and Plazos, like Winky Dinky Dog, and so many others. Don Ho is another one of our loyal friends and true through the app chat. You can be just like them. So shoot us a message. Let us know you're listening. And who knows, your, maybe your comment will be read on the air as well. It is 6.18 in the morning. He's Brandon. I'm Ian, or as one of our former, former general managers called us, Speed and Weed. We're back after weather and traffic in just a little bit. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. Another hot one out there. Temperatures are going to get to about 92 degrees in the afternoon. Winds coming from the east at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Those overnight lows tonight probably going to be sitting in the upper 60s to low 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, probably our hottest day of the week. Coming up tomorrow, mid-90s. Expected heat index may make its first run into the triple digits for Thursday afternoon. We'll have to wait and see how much moisture we end up getting in the area. We do get some showers and thunderstorms possible kind of late Thursday evening. though. We may see them kind of come in from the east across the basin after dinner time. Scattered showers and a few thunderstorms expected for Friday afternoon. I think a little bit more activity again on Saturday. Saturday maybe dodging quite a few showers before clearing up by the end of the weekend and into next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The wheels on the truck make life go round. Delivering what we need when we need it. Thanks, Louisiana Truckers. Sponsored by LMTA Foundation. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. All right, taking a look at what's happening on the roadways right now. We do have a stalled vehicle, Ambassador Caffrey at Bertrand. That's Ambassador Caffrey at Bertrand. Other than that, roadways are looking good right now.
It is 6.22 in the morning. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Glasgow and all the ships at sea. We are live in Mobile, Alabama for the Sunbelt Conference Softball Tournament. This is Acadiana's Morning News. I'm Ian Ozan. Bernadette Lee on assignment in Baton Rouge. She's going to get corrupted by the state legislature. Joining us in her stead today, the man, the myth, the legend. My broadcast partner for high school football, the KPEL Game of the Week, or now the Classic Rock 105-1 yes. Game of the Week, Mr. Brandon Como. Brandon, it's been a while since we've done this. It's nice to have you in the uh, – uh, uh, I can't talk this morning. <laughs> nice to have you in the co-pilot seat this morning. Yeah, man, it's nice to be here. It's uh, You know, you, you, you come out with a lot of energy at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's awesome to hear, Ian, and um, – it's that same energy that I that that I hear whenever we do these uh, football games together, which we cannot wait uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, we've got something that fans are really going to like, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, but uh, you know, all that being said, Ian, football is what three, four months away. I mean, we're we're yeah, it we're, is. We're about to we we will be there before you know it. Yes, we will. And that's the funny thing is that the time is just moving on. We're in the middle of the baseball playoffs. The softball, the high school playoffs ended a couple weeks ago. The state semifinals in high school baseball go on this weekend. In fact, uh, just got a text message from Batman, one of our uh, <laughs> loyal listeners, uh, saying good luck to North Vermilion. They're in the state semifinals. They're among the Acadiana teams that are still alive. In uh, in the high school playoffs, I've not even looked at the LHSAA brackets mm -hmm. lately to see who's still alive. We know North Vermilion's there because, well, quite frankly, they're one of the one of the top schools in Class Four A right now. They've been a power for a while. Yeah, but Notre uh, Dame we'll as well. Ahead. Notre Dame as well. Their power in both of the bad sports, softball and baseball. Northside so Christian still alive. Northside well. Christian, they are there as well in yeah. Class. Well, they're Division Five. They're not Class C anymore because of the split. Mm -hmm. So a lot of big, a lot of big names around here in the baseball world still competing for state championships. Now, speaking of baseball, the Louisiana Ragin Cajuns with a big win last night over Rice. They'll play them again tonight at six thirty. Yeah. And you had a chance to talk with Jay Walker yesterday for a little bit. He was milling about the building, and. Jay, of course, is going to be high on Raging Cajun, uh, Raging Cajun baseball. He follows the team. But when you look at how hot they've been lately, this is a team that is finally starting to get people to notice and finally starting to get over that uh, reputation of being, a, of being a team that was underperforming. They're now playing at the rate we thought they would. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like uh, Coach Deggs and the success that he had as a hitting coach at UL and then going on to Sam Houston State – I feel like now we're starting to see, um, you know, all that hard work starting to pay off as uh, they're just on a roll right now. They've won like seven straight Sunbelt Conference series. Um, and, you know, look, when you hear Rice, when I heard the Rice name going into this week, um, I, I thought about all those great teams of the past that the Cajuns have battled with. And think of Wayne Graham, the legendary head coach, but that's not the same Rice team anymore. And, you know, they essentially pushed him out about four or five years ago. And ever since then, yeah. they've really struggled. And, you know, they, they've gone, they're now on their second coach post Wayne Graham. And I was looking them up at the beginning of the week because I was seeing, okay, they've got Texas State. Everybody's talking about Texas State because they're number 15 in the country. You know, let's not overlook Rice. I mean, it's midweek games, but it, it's two of them against Rice. And I looked at them. I was like, wait a minute. They're 13 and 39. Ugh, I'm not used to seeing that with Rice. And, I was talking with Jay a little bit about that yesterday, and you know they really, really struggle in their pitching, which was evident with their bullpen last night against the Cajuns as they fell seven to three to UL. And I just I remember when Rice was so good, their pitching was dominant at times, and 
they've just lost that over the years. And But kudos to the Cajuns for not allowing themselves to get trapped looking ahead at Texas State, making the comeback last night, and coming up with yet another um, incredible victory. I mean, you know, they come off of weekend, Ian, where they were all one-run victories. They all could have gone the other way, but this team is just putting it together, and now they're stringing victories together as they're, they're, they're just moving further and further away from being a 500 team. Yeah, and the thing with Rice is it's depressing to see a program that is still a brand name in baseball because of everything they've done throughout their history struggle as much as they have. And that's when you look at college baseball, Rice is good. A good Rice team is good for college baseball. And right now, the fact that they're struggling as much as they for as much benefit as it might be for the Cajuns in terms of win-loss certainly doesn't help college baseball and and really makes you feel for a program that that has gone from being a power to a has-been. Now for Louisiana, you're right. They can't overlook Rice, especially after last night. I know Texas State's on the radar. A sweep of Texas State puts Louisiana in first place in the Sunbelt Conference standings. Right now, they're three back of Texas State with six to play. The Cajuns can make up that difference this weekend, but they have to focus on the task at hand because right now with uh, with the Cajuns still technically on the bubble, they're they're not assured anything unless they win the conference championship, the tournament championship. They have to win every single game this weekend. They have to go five for five on this Texas road trip to be able to, at the very least, say they have a chance of an at-large bid if they don't win the conference uh, tournament championship. So lots to watch. Uh, tonight, 6.30, Raging Cajuns take on Rice. That's on our sister station, ESPN Lafayette. The Texas State Series we mentioned a second ago, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Before we hit the break, let's go back to the high school brackets. Uh, we haven't pulled up Division 5. You mentioned Northside Christian. They're still alive. They'll play Claiborne Christian. That game at 4 o'clock this afternoon in Hammond at uh, Pat Canelli Diamond on the campus of Southeastern. Uh, let's see. In Division Three, Notre Dame is still alive. They play tomorrow at 4.30 in Hammond, uh, taking on St. Charles. And in Division Four, we do not have any local teams there. So uh, in the private school brackets, Notre Dame and Northside Christian are your last hopes for state titles. Now going to the public school brackets in Class 5A, Sulphur out of District 3-5A. Of course, they play the Lafayette schools. They're still alive. They'll be playing uh, Santa Mom, that game on Friday. That's tomorrow mm-hmm. at McMurray Park. They're playing in their own backyard in Sulphur. Uh, North Vermilion, as we mentioned, they're the top seed in Class 4A. They play North DeSoto. That game tomorrow, 2 o'clock in McMurray Park in Sulphur. And in Class 3A, two Acadiana schools still alive. Berwick is the number one seed. They'll play Sterlington 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Also at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the two seed, Iota, playing Lutcher. So St. Mary Parish and Acadia Parish also represented at the, at the baseball state championships in Sulphur. It's 629 in the morning. Lots to do on Acadiana's morning news. He's Brandon Como. I'm Ian Ozan. We have another look at news. But before we go, Brandon, uh-huh. for those who are going to be in their car later on today at 4 o'clock, you and Shannon with offsides, what uh, can people expect this afternoon? Well, uh, this afternoon it'll be uh, Shannon. Um, I'll be here for a good amount of the day with the morning. And so Shannon will be uh, taking the show today. But today is Remember Wednesday. And so it is uh, a segment uh, that we uh, reminisce about uh, different things, whether it is uh, biggest news stories of a certain decade, um, whether it's um, <clears throat> just different things that happen in our childhood, um, you know, different uh, great movies that we come across. You know, there's just different um, things that we love to reminisce about during Remember Wednesday. And then, of course, we cover some of the uh, either top stories of the day or we will cover um, some issues that 
some people might not tackle, but we decide to tackle it. And so uh, offsides, uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the show yet, um, it really, me and Shannon really do have a great uh, time in the afternoons. Like I said, you know, and, and what we do is we tackle these issues and we tackle them with you. So we invite you to call us at 232-1542 um, as we'll, you know, like yesterday, we tackled the abortion issue and we saw that people were really passionate about what was going on. As you saw some of the uh, protests that are happening at churches with uh, pro-abortion groups and such. And so we just let people have their say yesterday and um, we, we, we let the phone lines light up and just uh, had people call in and talk about it. And so, you know, when we see something that really resonates with people, we'll sit and, 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 and talk about it with them. So offsides, um, again, today is Remember Wednesday, so that is a lot of fun. And then, of course, tomorrow is Pick Your Brain on Thursdays. I'll be back tomorrow for that in the afternoon, and um, that is a lot of fun where, I mean, anything pretty much goes. As long as it's not vulgar, anything goes. Uh, we ask questions to each other, and we have listeners jump in and ask questions to us as well. Remember, it's always better to pick your brain than to pick your nose. There you That's go. offsides. Every weekday, 4 to 6, right here on Houston 96.5 KPL 631, we're back with another look at headlines right after this. Leveraging the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. News Talk 96.5 KPL Depend on it. Get breaking news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. Six thirty-three in the morning. We are back on Acadiana's Morning News. We're pushing news back just a hair because our friend David Owens is back. Or considering the event that's coming up this weekend, we have to do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, presenting the Wing Wars of Acadiana, David Owens. Hey guys, come on! <laughs> applause, applause, applause! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. For those God. of you. For those of you who missed it yesterday, Wing Wars of Acadiana coming up. A nice championship belt for the person who wins the who wins the wing eating contest. Uh, Bernie sent a picture. We'll have to put that online uh, in a little bit. But uh, for those who missed it yesterday, David, Wing Wars of Acadiana, an opportunity to sample some great tasting wings, but also benefit a wonderful and worthy cause here in Acadiana. So Wing Wars of Acadiana, what's it helping and how can people help? Absolutely. So thank you guys again for having us on this morning. Good morning, Acadiana. Um, so the Wing Wars of Acadiana is a benefit and community awareness event that's taking place in Park International this Saturday from 11 to 5. Um, this Saturday, guys, May 14th, it's only a couple days away from 11 to 5, and it's benefiting homeless children in Acadiana. So the, the organization I started is called Gifting Grace Project. You can go to our website, giftinggraceproject.com, to find out more information, but we help homeless children throughout Acadiana. So all of the resources that we receive go straight back into the community to help children that are in need. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, we did a little bit of work with you guys um, in December of last year. Yes, sir. And some of the stats that y'all provided to us uh, just blew me away and blew uh, other people away as well that, you know, in the building that, that saw some of those numbers and we, which we presented on the air. Are we still in Lafayette? number two in the state as far as homeless children? Yes. So uh, from year to year over the last at least four years, we rank in the top two in Louisiana for childhood homelessness, which wow. is mind boggling. Yeah. Last year, uh, last school year, Lafayette Parish alone 
um, ended with 1,354 kids, 1,354 kids. Listen, one is too many. Yeah, yeah. But 1,300 kids in the school system that are identified as living in cars, living in abandoned buildings, maybe a motel uh, in, in different areas of town, uh, couch to couch. I mean, just very difficult situations. Even, listen, the, the uh, in certain areas of town that are in the bush, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you, you, you talk about homeless, it's, it's all different arrays. Are there, what are some reasons as to why Lafayette has such a high homeless rate for children. If I could be honest, I feel that it's because we actually have a very generous population. Okay. Um, I, th- I feel like a lot of people find refuge here. Some of their families are based out of here. And so mm-hmm. whenever Lake Charles got hit last year and a lot of those families retreated to yeah. the Lafayette region, uh, several of them had to stay, even the Bayou regions. Mm-hmm. Whenever whenever Lake Charles, uh, whenever the Bayou regions got hit last year, I'm sorry, uh, a lot of them retreated yeah. to Lafayette Parish. Some of them are still here, guys. Yeah. And so uh, just to realize that and recognize that people are still displaced. They lost everything down there. The homes were completely wiped away. They had nothing to go back to, so they start, They they stayed here, but that ended up creating an opportunity really for Gift and Grace to uh, try to help them and provide them with some resources to continue to um, ha- have some type of decent uh, start here, you know, so we, we're helping with hygiene items. We're helping with school needs that the children have. We really focus on reaching the children because it helps the families as a whole. Yeah. Uh, it's a burden, you know, so we, we want to try to lift that burden and bring some hope back to them, letting them know that someone in the community cares. So we created the Wing Wars of Acadiana to <laughs> not only raise the funds, but raise awareness. Um, our community is such a giving and charitable community. Um, and so we want to give them the opportunity to give back in this way. And that's the Wing Wars of Acadiana. You can find out more information on wingwarsofacadiana.com. If you have questions for me directly, guys, I give my cell phone number directly to the audience, 337-321-3356. That's 337-321-3356. You can text, you can call, you can email me at info at wingwarsofacadiana.com. If you're a vendor, we are still looking for vendors. If you want to come out and sell some things, uh, if you want to, if you want to come out and compete as a wings vendor, um, listen, come one come all we would love for you to be out there uh cooking some wings alongside traps alongside kok alongside uh southern creole and uh Southern Creole Cravings and Pastries is a food truck. Uh, we also have Desmos Boudin Stuffed Wings that's going to be there. Like, listen. Wait a minute. Boudin <laughs> Stuffed Wings. Okay. How Wait, in what? the world does yes, that happen? Yes, guys. They sprinkle a little razzle-dazzle seasoning on it is what they call it. And listen, it's called Desmos. They're of Opelousas. Phenomenal. We were on KLFY with them the other morning, yeah, yeah. and I got to try these wings. And man, listen. Talk about rock your world. Wow, it was amazing. Man. So I, I invite Acadiana to come out out and try these wings but listen it's not just about the wings it's about the cause right yeah. i mean it's such a word it's a win-win yeah. in my opinion i love I, <laughs> I love me some wings oh, yeah? and so uh i i invite everyone to come out i just want to shout out cox thank you to our presenting sponsors cox and also tyson guys tyson donated twelve thousand wings to our cause Wow. We're actually leaving right after this interview. We're leaving to go to Texas and pick those up in a refrigerated trailer. So thank you, Poop wow. Arts, for that. But, guys, I'm so, so grateful to our community that sees the vision of Gifting Grace and desires to really give back. Even our friends in Texas, we called and they were like, yes, absolutely. This is what we want to help with. So there are other business owners around Louisiana and the area that hear KPL News, that hear us right now, that say, how can I help? Listen, guys, just just be there Saturday. Um, we would really appreciate 
appreciate that help. But listen, we have great projects that are coming up for back to school called Pack the Backpack. We have our Christmas project. We have student care kits we give these kids with hygiene products and other things. We would love for you to partner with us and to help us on this journey. So feel free to reach out to me again. My name is David Owens, president and founder of Gifting Grace Project and the Wing Wars. And um, my number is 337-321-3356. You can get more information on our website as well. Give that number again. 337-321-3356. Text or call. I'll be on the road all day today, so I can take some calls (laughs) if you have some. But listen, let's, uh, let's come together as a community and really show these children that we love them and support them. David Owens with Wing Wars of Acadiana, and David, uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you, thank you to Gift and Grace for doing what you do because there are a lot of people. People think of homelessness as a situation where people have lost everything they have where, or maybe addiction or some other circumstance put them there. But as you mentioned earlier, hurricanes, natural disasters have put people that had homes that people you wouldn't think are homeless have displaced them and have left them without a home for the last year, year and a half or longer. So thank you for doing what you do to help those in our community who need that help. You're welcome. And and guys, listen, though, it is not just me. It's as Acadiana comes alongside us to support us, we are able to do these things. I I started off just uh, simply, I have a full-time job. I'm a hospice chaplain, work for Traditions Health and Hospice in Lafayette. And listen, we are always looking for ways to give back into the community. But when this came available, we said, listen, let's get on the news. Let's get on the radio. That's why I'm here today, because we can't do it alone. We have to do it together as the community and pull each other together. So thank you all for this opportunity. David Owens with the Gifting Grace Project and the Wing Wars of Acadiana. That's Saturday. What time does it start, David? Saturday from 11 to 5. We're going to have live bands out there. The Good Dudes, Solid Soul featuring Sharona Thomas and Gerald Grunick from Califoy. He has a Zydeco band and they have Grammy Award winning musicians on this band. So I invite everyone. Listen, we have a little bit for everyone out there and we're going to have a lot of kids fun as well. We're going to have fun jumps. We're going to have face painting. Listen, whatever the weather predictions are, we live in Louisiana. That changes in five minutes, okay? So don't even look at that. We're going to continue head on into this thing, and it's going to be one of the best festivals this Saturday, May 14th, from 11 to 5 at Park International downtown. Don't miss it. Be there Saturday, <laughs> 11 to 5 at Park International, the Gifting Grace Project and their Wing Wars of Acadiana. David, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. We'll see you on Saturday, my friend. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Brandon. And thank you, KPEL News. Our Juice pleasure. Talk it is. 96.5 KPEL, broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at matthew-james.com. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the... Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. It is going to be a hot one. Those temperatures up to about 92 degrees. Heat index values once again pushing into the upper 90s. Staying above average here for early May. Winds coming from the east at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows tonight going to be in the upper 60s to low 70s. We do it again tomorrow. A little bit warmer tomorrow afternoon. But I do think we may see a couple evening showers and thunderstorms arriving well after dinner time. And then scattered showers in Included for both Friday and Saturday's forecast. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Want to impress your coworkers? Set them up in Baton Rouge. The West Side's newly renovated conference center is the perfect spot for your next business retreat. Plan now at westbatonrouge.net. That's westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic.
Again, right now, we uh, have that stalled vehicle, Ambassador Caffrey at Bertrand Jive. Other than that, roadways are looking good right now. We'll be back in one minute. On Acadiana's Morning News, I'm Ian Ozan. He's Brandon Como. Brandon, what's happening, man? It's all good, man. All right, so let's go ahead and do KPL trivia brought to you by our friends over at Cartridge World. Um, today is an important day in the world of music. Uh, on this date in 1941, Eric Burden was born. Some of you recognize that name. Some of you may not. So your question, the first part of the question is, Eric Burden was the lead singer of what band that popularized the song House of the Rising Sun? Oh, CCR. No, 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 no. no. Creedence Clearwater Revival, I think, covered it. Okay. The Animals. Oh, wow. Okay. Burton was the lead singer of The Animals. He later became the lead singer and helped uh, another group become famous by bringing them together and singing on their first couple of albums. They're best known for Why Can't We Be Friends. What band is this? <laughs> I have no idea. War. Wow. Motown? Wait. Uh, uh, no, no, the band War. Were, okay. The band War. No, okay, not gotcha. the uh, Edwin Starr song. But gotcha, let's gotcha. see what they were at one point on Blue Note Records. They were, yeah, they were uh, MGM and MCA and, and United Artists. They did one album for Blue Note, a, a jazz hybrid album. Uh, and lastly, uh, another one on this date in 1989, another famous birthday. What NFL quarterback, also known as Superman, was born? Oh, Kim Newton. Yes, you are correct, sir. Cam <laughs> Newton celebrating a birthday today. He is 33. So happy birthday, Cam Newton. And yeah. when you play the Saints, don't win. At 651, we're back with headlines <laughs> after this. It may sound unbelievable, but a ransomware attack has caused a 158-year-old college in Illinois to close its doors forever, providing us all with a sad but very teachable end. I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by T-Mobile. Their advanced network now goes farther than ever before. Visit tmobile.com slash 55 today. Lincoln College was founded in 1864 in Lincoln, Illinois. It offered associate, bachelor's, and master's programs and amazingly saw record-breaking student enrollment in fall 2019. Then came COVID. Some students studied online, others deferred classes until COVID receded. But then, in a one-two punch in December, its entire computer network, its employee files, fundraising, student records, grades, payroll, everything was lost in one ransomware attack. The lesson? By simply investing in a top-notch IT department with a qualified staff, this catastrophic disaster would not have happened. I'll help you stay text all the time at commando.com. As a small business owner juggling 100 balls in the air at once, there's just no time to interview candidates who aren't qualified for the job. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier and faster than ever for you to find the people who you want to interview and for free. Create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Kim. That's linkedin.com slash Kim to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's linkedin.com slash Kim. 
The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks closing mixed as the market struggles to rebound from losses as uncertainty over inflation, interest rates, and the economy continue to weigh on the market. Real estate companies and consables were among the laggards. Battered tech stocks like Microsoft, Salesforce, and Apple were among the gainers. The sector has suffered some of the biggest losses in recent weeks as investors move out of growth areas and into safe havens. The Dow falling 85 points, the Nasdaq up 114, S&P 500 up 10. An electronic arts share slipped in the extended session after the video game publisher reported a mixed bag of slight beats and misses in both its results and outlook. And Wynn Resorts reported a narrow loss in revenue below analysts' expectations in the first quarter as headwinds from the pandemic continue to affect the casino operator. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. Why do I take chalk every day? Because testosterone levels are at an all-time low, and I know the losers who run this country want us weak. They want you weak. They want me weak. They want us all to just be a bunch of effeminate, infertile losers. We can't do that. Start taking a male vitality stack from chalk.com. Go to choq.com, use the code JESSE, and that gets you 30% off. Natural Herbal Supplements, a patriotic company. choq.com, promo code JESSE. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. More record highs at the pump. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. So why do gas prices keep going up so high? President Biden wondered that aloud. He's blamed Russia's invasion, oil companies, and Republicans for not doing enough. But GOP Senator John Thune points a finger right back. His administration right now has no solution ex- except to spend more. Gas is up three more cents today. AAA's national average for regular now a record 440 per gallon. In about a half hour, we'll get the April inflation report. Consumer prices have surged lately at levels not seen in 40 years. Pro-choice activists plan more protests today outside Supreme Court justices' homes, angering Republicans. The message behind showing up at someone's house is, we know where you live. We're going to make you uncomfortable. We're going to make your family uncomfortable. And Senator Marco Rubio says there's a risk someone could get violent. But Democratic Congresswoman Ilhan Omar tells Fox. The Supreme Court itself um, has heard this argument, and they have the themselves said it is protected by the First Amendment. After last week's leaked draft opinion showing conservative justices ready to overturn the ruling that gave women the right to choose, today Senate Democrats will vote on a bill to legalize abortion nationwide, but without Republican support, it'll fail. The two parties do agree on this. The Ukrainian people, they need us. They are in desperate need of our support. Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro and the Democrats were joined by most Republicans approving $40 billion more. Fox's Jill Nato. The package gives Ukraine military and humanitarian aid. It goes to the Senate next, but it's not clear when they'll vote on it. But the bill already has support from Republican Lindsey Graham. It puts weapons in the hands of the Ukrainian military fighting like tigers. Another primary win for a Trump-backed candidate, Alex Mooney in West Virginia. Really helped uh, let the vote know that a true conservative in the race. The Republican beat fellow GOP Congressman David McKinley, but in Nebraska, the former president's chosen candidate for governor, Charles Herbster, lost the Republican primary. America's listening to Fox News. 
Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org slash employment. Economists are warning that sanctions against Russia could trigger devastating inflation, worse than the current 40-year highs. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to protect your savings right now with a gold IRA through Birch Gold, the only company I trust for gold. Just text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on how to protect your savings with gold. Again, text SHELTER to 989898. A U.S. soldier is dead, killed in Alaska by a bear. It happened during training west of Anchorage yesterday when the bear attacked. State wildlife officials are searching for the animal, closing a public recreation area nearby. A prisoner could die in Arizona in about five hours unless the Supreme Court blocks Clarence Dixon's execution for a 1978 murder. It was a cold case for two decades until DNA evidence led to his conviction. A killer in New Jersey could be set free. While acknowledging that his was an horrific crime, New Jersey's Supreme Court has ordered former Black Panther Sundiata Akoli should be paroled. He's spent nearly 50 years in prison for the 1973 murder of state trooper Werner Forstner, killed when a traffic stop on the New Jersey Turnpike turned into a gun battle. But the state's high court ruled Tuesday he has met the statutory standards for parole and is not likely to commit another crime. Ockley is now 85 and his family says suffering from dementia. Jack Callahan, Fox News. On Wall Street, ahead of the inflation update, stock futures are rising. The day after the Dow lost another 84 points, but the Nasdaq gained over 100. In baseball, a rookie makes history. Ground ball, Velasquez throws across. Audio courtesy of Valley Sports West. Reed Detmers gets Yandy Diaz to ground out to short to cap off the no-hitter as the Los Angeles Angels romp the Tampa Bay Rays 12-0 for the second no-hitter in the majors this season. Detmers in just his 11th career start through 108 pitches, two strikeouts, letting up just one walk to deliver the 12th no-no in Angels franchise history and the second in four years for Los Angeles, as well as the first individual no-hitter for the club since Jared Weaver back in 2012. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Two blowouts in the NBA playoffs. Phoenix beat Dallas by 30 points. Miami took out Philadelphia by 35. The Suns and Heat now have two, three two-series leads. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. It is 7.05 in the morning. Brandon, what's the weather saying on that? And National Weather Service is still giving me a headache. Uh, 68 degrees. It has not started the upward climb yet. It has not started the upward climb yet, but it'll start soon enough. Uh, another sunny day, highs around 92, heat indices reaching near 100. Full look at the forecast coming up in just a little bit for Newstalk 96.5 KPEL. I'm Ian Ozan. We start in Lafayette, where an assistant district attorney's job status is in limbo this morning. This, after the FBI begins its investigation at the parish courthouse. District Attorney Don Landry confirming that the feds are investigating the pretrial diversion program in his office. In a prepared statement, Landry said his office is cooperating 
cooperating with federal agents. Meanwhile, City Prosecutor Gary Haynes is on administrative leave from that job pending an outside investigation. LCG officials confirm that the city prosecutor is on leave. Haynes is also an assistant district attorney in the pretrial diversion program. His employment status, though, with the DA is not known. A Kaplan woman is dead after a crash in Lafayette Parish. That crash on LA 343 near Mooncourt Road killed Lynn Vong. State police say an SUV rear-ended Vong's car, sending both vehicles off the road. That crash remains under investigation. Lafayette firefighters say a fire drill may have saved the life of a family. That fire happened Tuesday on Crabapple Hill. According to investigators, a four-year-old notified her mother of the fire. The mother then instructed the four-year-old and another daughter to go outside to their meeting place while she put out the fire. When firefighters arrived, the family was already outside in a safe location. The fire started in the laundry room. The cause remains under investigation. Kankton is under a boil advisory this morning. That's because of a broken water main. Village officials will give updates as they become available. Louisiana's oyster industry has taken a major hit over the last 15 years from hurricanes to floods and other disasters. Oyster beds have decreased, and that's because of salinity has increased. Now UL and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries are working together to develop more resilient oysters. According to UL biology professor Beth Stouffer, the $14 million research partnership is designed to ensure the viability of Louisiana's oyster industry. We're trying to kind of harness that, that tolerance and that ability to survive in those conditions and put more oysters out there that more of them will survive. And we can basically identify oysters that have that trait and kind of target them for breeding, for spawning, and kind of large-scale oyster production. In sports, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns beat Rice thanks to a five-run rally in the seventh and eighth innings. The Cajuns win 7-3. Connor Kemple with a triple, a double, and two RBI during that rally. Louisiana and Rice do battle again tonight at 6.30 at Reckling Park in Houston. Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns softball takes on Coastal Carolina 10 o'clock in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Louisiana swept Coastal in their series at Lamson Park two weeks ago. By the way, coming up at around 8.15... Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head coach Jerry Glasgow will join us on the air. In the NBA, Bob Lanier, the first overall draft pick in 1970, became one of his era's most dominant centers, has died. The Basketball Hall of Famer was 73. Mega Millions jackpot rises to $99 million. Nobody won the big one last night. Powerball at $67 million tonight. You're up to date. Ian Ozan, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. Another hot one out there. Temperatures are going to get to about 92 degrees in the afternoon. Winds coming from the east at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Those overnight lows tonight probably going to be sitting in the upper 60s to low 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, probably our hottest day of the week. Coming up tomorrow, mid-90s. Expected heat index may make its first run into the triple digits for Thursday afternoon. We'll have to wait and see how much moisture we end up getting in the area. We do get some showers and thunderstorms possible kind of a late Thursday evening, though. We may see them kind of come in from the east across the basin after dinner time. Scattered showers and a few thunderstorms expected for Friday afternoon. I think a little bit more activity again on Saturday. Saturday, maybe dodging quite a few showers before clearing up by the end of the weekend and into next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Want to impress your coworkers? Set them up in Baton Rouge. The Westside's newly renovated conference center is the perfect spot for your next business retreat. Plan now at westbatonrouge.net. That's westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. 
Well, fortunately, no traffic issues uh, right now as far as crashes go. Uh, school zones, though, in effect. Please be mindful of that as you begin your morning commute. And also, uh, we, you know, we just sent it out on our KPL News app, and it's also on our KPL News Facebook page. It is a busy week for traffic projects here in Lafayette Parish and uh, I-10 and the surrounding areas. Please give a please check that out because uh, there are some of these uh, some of these uh, traffic projects that can slow your daily commute down. So you'll want to go check them out. KPL965.com. Also on the KPL News app, uh, we just sent that alert out. Definitely give that a look before you head on out for your day today. Our Salute to America brought to you by Jim Olivier's Home Improvement and Roofing, Louisiana. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What's so proud? It is 7.15, now 7.16 in the morning on Acadiana's Morning News. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's time for Winging It Wednesday. Bernadette leaves in Baton Rouge today. She's getting corrupted by the state legislature. <laughs> I'm Ian Ozan. He's Brandon Como. And joining us for Winging It Wednesday, two of Acadiana's favorite panelists, Jacob White and Mark Allen Pope, the talkmeister and Mr. Off the Wall. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> bonjour, bonjour. Good morning. So, uh, anything interesting happening in Lafayette over the last 48 hours? Uh, anything uh, that we might be able to discuss today? Oh. Uh, my sister's getting married. Oh, well, congratulations. Wait, Jess is getting married? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> congratulations. I had no idea. So, you, you, I guess you didn't make the list. It, it, was, it, was, still, it was still COVID when they were deciding. <laughs> it was like, well, now they're like, we should have ordered, we should have brought twice as many. 
Well, good. Give Jess my congratulations. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know, Jake and I go way back to the Open Channel. His sister, Jessica, was, uh, was a regular at AOC back in the day. So congratulations to her and to the entire extended white family. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to the topics at hand. And uh, as we alluded to a second ago, a lot going on, especially in downtown Lafayette. The FBI raided the Lafayette Parish Courthouse on Monday. District Attorney Don Landry confirming the feds are investigating his office, focusing on the pretrial diversion program. We learned late last night that one of his assistant district attorneys is now on paid leave from his day job as a city prosecutor. That's Gary Haynes. It's not the first time the pretrial diversion program has been caught in scandal. In 2015, six people pleaded guilty in connection with the bribery scheme involving the program. So the first question, gentlemen, is, is it time for Lafayette and or other jurisdictions in the state to abandon pretrial diversion. It seems like it's a hotbed for scandal. Is it time for Lafayette to move on? Yeah, I mean, I would say absolutely. Uh, one of you know many ways that the uh, you know power of your pocketbook creeps into your interaction with the courts, and you know I have friends who have gone through it and said, "Wow, that was just that felt like grease and some palms in Mexico that you, you hear about to get out of a a ticket or something," and and. Uh, uh, I, I'm curious. I mean, I feel like they know what they're doing. They checked every box. Nothing's going to, the guy's going to, the guy's going to squeak by, right? But I mean, the letter of the law is one thing. I, I think that it's just, uh, it's just ripe for taking advantage of and, and, and corruption. Hmm. Well, my response is uh, that's an interesting testimonial there, Jake, but I don't, I don't have the facts in front of me. It sounds good. Pre trial diversion. Uh, meaning, I guess people say, all right, I'll go to some training or take some classes or whatever. But I just I do not know. And I do not think that a government program should be abandoned because there has been corruption and scandal. That's the problem with government in our country. There's too much doggone corruption going on. And uh, as the guy from can't think of his name right now, as he said in, in the federal government, there's too much corruption going on out there. And his uh, his line was there's too much consuming going on out there. And uh, I, think, I can't think of the senator's name from South Carolina. But anyway, no, you don't you don't punt on a government program because there was a scandal. You correct the scandal and you get good people uh, in place of it is if it is an efficient government program. But I, th I think we're not quick enough to be critical when there are opportunities like this that are just begging for, you know, somebody with a, a, a light touch to, to, you know, to take something for themselves. This is just the perfect opportunity to get a quid pro quo. And I mean, I just I feel like the population today is hungry for the cooey bono who will benefit, who, who's going to get bumped by this and the media is not asking those questions you know it's, it's only like comedians i feel like that are asking the really obvious questions about who is taking the most advantage of us who's the most vulnerable who's the least vulnerable and and the people that are going through this program are just you know if they got money they're going to be okay if they don't they won't that's a problem Mm -hmm. Jake, did you have an epiphany overnight? You just gave a very strong conservative point of view. <laughs> Let's get rid of the corruption. And and it is rampant out there. You, we're talking about a local government program. And the question is, do we abandon pretrial diversion in Louisiana and or Lafayette? And everything you said is what conservatives are saying about our government in Washington, D.C. and even in Baton Rouge. And now it's trickled down to a local level. So 
I, I don't know. I think, look, the what we didn't mention, I don't think you mentioned, Ian, is the FBI is here. You know, the news story right. was they brought in a bunch of pizza and water. Oh, great. So they're eating pizza and drinking water in the courthouse. <laughs> now, uh, now, they're Mark, they're doing due diligence. Right there, Mark. I yes. want to stop you right there. Uh -huh. Mark. That was a sidebar because it was an interesting note, and it showed that they were there for the long haul on Monday <laughs> mm -hmm. night. Uh, and, uh, that story actually came out when someone who was taking photos for us at Town Square Media snapped the photo of them walking in, and that's the only reason we found out what their dietary uh, choices were. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And, and it, it made an interesting point because if you're the FBI, you show up and you're making a pizza run while doing an investigation inside Lafayette, uh, the Lafayette Parish Courthouse, that means you're going to be there all night, and it turns out they were. They didn't leave until after 9 o'clock, so mm -hmm. that's where the story was, and the sidebar was the people on Facebook were I, I, making fun of their pizza I, choices. But I got you. That's, that's beside the point, but you're right. The real story here is the fact the FBI is in town, and I think both of you are right. This is not a program that should be thrown away because, as you mentioned, Mark, it's had success. You look at uh, what it did under Keith Stutes. It kept its nose clean. The program ran and well was out of sight. Nobody heard about it, which was good, but now it's the focus for the second time in 10 years of a major scandal, and that begs the question, where's the corruption and where did we go wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I have to comment on that uh, three-letter word there, uh, FBI. There's not a whole lot of trust for the FBI. You know, uh, once again, bringing in a federal uh, issue, this whole issue with Hillary Clinton and getting the, the Steele dossier and getting the FISA warrants and investigating the Trump campaign, it was all bogus. And it was very, very shoddy work. Oh, yes, we've, uh, we've, we've screened that. Uh, and, and it was not screened. So the FBI does not have a level of trust. So we've got a federal agency with a lack of trust down here in Lafayette investigating a, lo a local agency that has another lack of trust. So <laughs> who do you trust? Uh, the, the, the criminals are, are guarding, they're running the prison. It's crazy. That you is mentioned the trust factor. I'm sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, I just wanted to tell Mark that is well put. It, it does give a, a certain a fear to, you know, uh, we the citizen. I mean, it just feels like, you know, we're three steps removed from any sort of functional bureaucracy. But go ahead, Ian. Uh, that leads to the next question with the trust part. How big of a black eye is this for the district attorney's office? And secondly, is there anything the district attorney can do to maintain and or regain the faith and trust of the people? Jacob, uh, you go first. Uh, th thank you. I mean, I, I, I think we wait and see. What, what does this uh, fruit, what fruit is bore from this? Uh, we'll find out, you know. But I mean, I, I just feel like we need a fundamental distrust of uh, government of anybody who's telling us what to do. You know, we we have that. We used to have that. I feel like more culturally, and it's been lost. I think to our attention spans. We, we, you know, anybody who gets to tell us what to do has to show why. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, in talking on a topic, Ian, and and you you brought it up. You know, I have. I can give you a general thought of what is, quote, pre-trial diversion. Was I correct earlier in that I said, uh, let's say you're, it's whatever, drunk driving or you're, you're, you're out and about and you get uh, public, uh, you're, you're fighting or whatever. And, and so you get this charge. And so you, you agree to go to a class or classes 
generally you're correct in that. Yes, it's nonviolent offenders as a way to keep them out of the court system and to get records expunged. It's a way of getting of taking care of your charge and helping clear your record, expunge your record by going through a non by going through non judicial judicial means. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the bottom line is we have individuals here who were guilty of. Um, um, well, now that is not, not, it's Take, not taking taking no. They were guilty. Well, they, no, 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 there, no. no. There they they aren't admitting guilt. Well, they, that is true. Alleged, allegedly. Well, no. I mean, it, there's no trial. People, That's the thing. It's like, look, okay, here was this thing that wasn't that bad. You you jump through these hu these hoops, and it's cool. You well, know, don't wait, do it again. I've switched topics, Jake. I'm oh, talking about I'm the people who took money, who took payoffs. To get oh, yes. a, a, something expunged, be it a drunk driving charge or another charge, they took money and went to other individuals who were also in the corruption pool. And so money was exchanging hands. So well, in, theoretically. In essence, Ten years ago, that was the case. And I'm sorry, Mark, I misunderstood where you were going, but yeah. you are correct. The case ten years ago had to do with bribes where they were directly paying people in the DA's office to move cases from city to district court and to wipe those cases and those per and some of those persons were found guilty and have served and are serving i do believe jail time that is correct and so, so I imagine correct. this is pleaded guilty this is something of what they're looking for they're trying to see if something similar may yeah. have been going on look at what the records are and then maybe i don't know if there were if he experienced kickbacks if other people gosh it feels like it would immediately become very circumstantial yeah well I don't know. It's just it, it. It's a shame when you see this. And the overall topic that Ian brought up is how do you rebuild the trust? It seems as though, as I recall, uh, Mike Harson was district attorney at the time. He's being left out of this. In other words, what the statement is in the news story is that he was not aware of it, and that's fine uh, to a degree. But when you are in charge of an agency then you do have some responsibility. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if former district attorney Mike Harson is going to be drug into this. And uh, per personally, I'm saying, why are we investigating? We did investigate. We found guilt on the part of certain individuals. So do we do we suspect that this is still going on? I'm wondering why the FBI is down here investigating. Well, that's the worry. I mean, now it's everything they do is potentially political. You know, so is, is this a genuine, uh, uh, you know, case that they're working on or is it a political? But but I think uh, just to bookend, I do want to say that I feel like most of this could be solved with a reframing of our experience with criminal justice from one of punishing the culprit to one of repairing the victim. Well, that's what the whole pretrial diversion thing is. Well, there is no Go. victim. No, no, no. There's no victim in those kinds of crimes. You're talking about a thing that we did against the state. It's 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 thought stuff. You got picked up with a a, a, a thing, or you, well, I, you know, most of these are just uh, uh, substance crime. Yeah. All right, Mark. I, we have to cut it off I, I there, Mark. Know. I'll give you the last word. No, I, I like I said, I. I I would like to be sitting with the FBI agents, uh, eating some of their pizza and drinking some of their water and learning <laughs> about all the details about what they're looking at. I simply do not know. So um, that's why I've kind of did the, have done the roundabout answer. I, I, I do not have enough information to give uh, a, a strong opinion on what I think should happen to correct a situation we have here in Lafayette.
We have a couple of thoughts coming in from our listeners, so we'll get to those right before going to the break. Uh, first off, we go to, let's see, this is Scott in Plazos checking in. He says he trusts Barney Fife more than he trusts the FBI. <laughs> uh, and Gunny says, I have an idea. Stop breaking the law. Then you won't have to get crimes That's fixed. Kind of what That's I said. Oh, to fix it. So with that, we'll pause for commercial break. When we come back, the state's revenue estimated committee finding more money in the state surplus. How should it be used? That topic next on Acadiana's Morning News and Winging It Wednesday. Me. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Hi, hello. Welcome to Moon Show. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Depend on it. Fox News commentary. Do Democrats have emotional problems? I'm Joe Concha. More next. Get all of your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. From Trey Gowdy, the Fox News Rundown, Will Ken Kilney, and so much more. Go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast to perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Once again, the blue team is having issues keeping their passion in check. This time, when it comes to a Supreme Court document draft that was leaked that says that Roe v. Wade may be finished and abortion law could go back to individual states. A woman, what can do and cannot do with her own body. Because they seem to think that turning up the volume makes for a morgue that yelling down the opposition will sway voters. It doesn't. And in this case, poll after poll shows that a majority of Americans lose abortions after 15 weeks. So this issue isn't the Hail Mary many in the media think it is in terms of saving the Democrats from a red tsunami in November. Perhaps they could take some lessons from Ronald Reagan or Barack Obama, two guys who picked and chose their spots carefully when it came to turning up the volume. Instead, this current crop stays at one level. Loud. I'm Joe Concha. Nature Valley. Enjoy the energizing power of the outdoors. They recommend a mid-morning break in nature. Get outside and make your morning break better with a Nature Valley granola bar. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Find out more about how they can help you at Matthew-James.com. We are back on Acadiana's Morning News at 7.34. I'm Ian Ozan. He's Brandon Como. He's Jacob White. He's Mark Pope. You can't see us. Just take our word for it. They're all here. <laughs> we go to the state level now. The state's revenue estimated committee has found $300 million in additional surplus money for the current fiscal year and $100 million in additional surplus funds for the next fiscal year. Governor Edwards wants to spend the money on one-time infrastructure projects such as a new Mississippi River Bridge in Baton Rouge, a new I-10 Calcasieu River Bridge in Lake Charles, and completing I-49 South to New Orleans. He also wants to put some of that money towards teacher hay raises. So First things first, the infrastructure revenue uh, or the infrastructure projects. Do you agree that this is the best use of this surplus money? And if not, what would you do with the extra surplus money? Mark, go first. Well, I do. I've heard about the Mississippi River Bridge. There are paid television advertisements with, I believe, a state senator. I cannot name the individual. And and it sounds good, but new Mississippi River Bridge where? Do we close the old bridge? Is it is it uh, 
is it worn out or there structural no, the, problems? This would be an additional bridge to go along with the Huey Long Bridge on 190 and the current I-10 bridge. There are 10 sites that are proposed. In fact, uh, three of the 10 plans right now call for the same site. Uh, somewhere just outside of Plaquemine. But they're considering sites uh, closer to Plaquemine, sites that are farther downriver. Uh, and there, there are various ranges uh, between Baton Rouge and the Sunshine Bridge. So they're trying to find the best plot of land and the best plan that will uh, be the most economically feasible, but also help clear some of that traffic that currently takes the I-10 bridge in Baton Rouge. Okay, so good summary, Ian. I, I, I give you kudos there. Good summary. But that here, bottom line, summary. I'm looking at, on the, on the story here, on the topic, 300 million, and I love it when they find, when they find $300 million <laughs> or 100 million. And again, look, think of the title of the Revenue Estimating Committee. It is an estimate Thirty three hundred million dollars. I think I heard that the bridge, the new Mississippi River Bridge, is going to cost one billion dollars. And in jumping, so once again, hate to keep copping out here, but I do not have an, enough information to give a solid opinion on this. The new I ten Calcasieu River Bridge. I heard that there are structural deficiencies with that bridge. So you've got to have priorities. You can't do everything. And again, how much is that? Is that $1 billion? We're up to $2 billion. And the governor, in his infinite wisdom, wants to take $400 million of, quote, found revenue from the Revenue Estimating Committee and pay. So we've got $2 million in a bridge. How much to complete I-49? What's that? A, another couple billion? We're up to $4 billion. And the governor wants to start out with one-time money and drop $400 million into the potential $4 billion in infrastructure, and this is one-time money, so how do you finish those payments in our, uh, in our financially strapped state of Louisiana? So it sounds Charles to me like Bridge. a bad idea. Sounds like a bad with idea. I do want to put in this uh, point of emphasis with the Lake Charles Bridge. That's a public-private partnership, if I remember correctly. So the rest of those funds would come from tolls. Now, with the Baton Rouge Bridge, I don't remember if they're discussing public-private partnership, but that discussion, at the very least, has been had. But where they stand on that right now, the idea with the one-time funding is, hey, we have the money now, let's sink it. That way, we don't have to raise taxes or we don't have to go looking for that money later on. But I see where you're going. With what we have right now, do we sink that money in it now, knowing that we have it, or do we wait until we find something where we can get all the money? That's also yeah. a point that's been brought up by Re some lawmakers. Real quick, and I'm going to throw it to Jake, and, and I agree, you're only going it's to, it's only a partial payment. You're only making a small down payment. I think the way you deal with this, you've mentioned three projects, New Mississippi River Bridge, Bridge and Lake Charles, and I-49. I you've got Correct. to have priorities. You've got to say, what is the biggest priority? What is the most need? And do a needs assessment and cost-benefit analysis, and then you decide which of those projects that you focus on. That's the key word in government, focus. So I'm done. It's Jake's turn. Yeah, I... Uh, I uh, I mean, I think the I-10 Calcasieu River Bridge would probably be, if you're going to like whittle it down, because isn't that the one that's in most danger of collapsing? But but I mean, definitely when you have one-time money, let's spend it on stuff that's going to last. However, Mark made a good point. This is like what one-time money we think 
at the end of the year we'll have. It looks like we're calculating. It does, we do kind of seem to really want to spend that one-time money quick. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm always about the Hukui Bono. You, you saw when they were trying to build uh, a high-speed rail, which I'm all for, in California. You know, By the time they got it going, it was like $200 million a mile. It, it, it doesn't cost that much. That's red tape and corruption and graft. And, and I mean, if we're going to do this thing, we would need to really do it on the, you know, uh, valuable. I don't want to say on the cheap, but we already have uh, bridges that have become cheap. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing with the Lake Charles Bridge right now is that it's in danger of collapsing. It's one of the most structurally deficient bridges in all of the United States, and frankly, it's a miracle it hasn't oh, collapsed. Well, and it yeah. just runs a ton of volume, man. A ton of volume. Yeah. See, that yell scared me. I'm not going on, on <laughs> I-10 westbound anymore. <laughs> to heck with Houston and Beaumont. They'll see me later when they, no, when they correct I, the bridge problems. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm at the point now where I loathe driving over that bridge. If I have to go to Texas for UL or for any other reason, I take 210 and take the long way around. I'd oh, rather Lord. take that bypass and go over the bridge. I, I statistically, man, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I take it. It's, come on, let's do it. If anything, you'll, you'll get to see it in your rearview mirror. You know, it's not going to happen to you. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, I made know. my statement tongue-in-cheek, tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> though, though I will say this. Uh, at this point, with if, if there is some money to at the very least do something, whether it's that, whether it's the Mississippi River Bridge, I-49, it needs to be done. But we always hear about public-private partnership. This is one where we need to go back and look at maybe implementing tolls for the new I-49, for a new bridge in Lake Charles, for the new Mississippi River Bridge. You look at the Crescent City Connection in New Orleans. It was a toll bridge up until just a few years ago when lawmakers took the toll away. That toll helped pay off the construction of that bridge. Uh, it's, that's, that's a possibility, but in an election year, tax or toll is a dirty word, so it may not happen. Let's go ahead and jump to our next topic, uh, and that's the Roe versus Wade issue. A new Business Insider article claims that 13 states with abortion trigger laws are unprepared to enforce those bans if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Louisiana is one of those 13 states, so with that in mind, if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, do you think we'll see any immediate changes in Louisiana, and do you think Louisiana is fully prepared to enforce those laws? Jacob, you start. Well, uh, in this case, I'm thankful for our endless appeals process. I mean, I feel like immediately a lot of this is going to get tied up in courts. Uh, you know, how long those sorts of barriers last, that's another question. I, I know a lot of people are uh, uh, champing to uh, take away rights. So, you know, you know, conservatives, and there are a lot of conservatives who really want the government meddling in my private parts and... uh so we'll see. But that, that one to me, man, people that self-describe as conservative and then want the government to get to tell you if you can have a baby or a kidney or whatever, that, that one baffles me. Okay, so I think I, I saw in the, in the flood of information, which is our uh, world here in 2020, the information never stops. I heard that there is a law that was passed by the Louisiana legislature in 2006 called something similar to the Protection of Life Act. It's an automatic trigger. So I did, I did not read the legislation, but I would assume it says something like if the Supreme Court 
makes a change to Roe v. Wade. By the way, it's not being overturned. It's giving the response. It's it's following the Constitution of the United States. It's giving a right which is not enumerated in the in the con the Constitution to the states. The states decide. So once again, I have heard that there already is a 2006 law passed in 2006 that it's an automatic trigger. If this, then that. If the Supreme Court does this, then uh, abortion will be, quote, outlawed in Louisiana. That's the way I read the story, did not dig down deep into it. But it seems like, from what I heard, a reputable news source, that... The trigger is already there here in here in Louisiana, but I do not know. Well, I would just imagine there are also, you know, competing organizations who are immediately going to file suit against whatever action might be taken by that trigger. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I know there's there's probably a, a lot of states who are quite prepared for, uh, you know, whatever precedent might be set. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the big thing with this is there really is no precedent set with this. And going back to Mark's point, Louisiana was one of the first, if not the first state to implement a trigger law, as you mentioned, mm. as early as 2006. So we've had what that's I'm trying to do the math. Yes, four years to prepare for this. But mm -hmm. seemingly no prep has been done. And if the business insider report is right, it doesn't seem that Louisiana will be able to stop abortions immediately. Yeah, well, it's, it, it, the guy was Strom Thurmond that I mentioned uh, earlier in this hour, and he said, too much consuming on going on out there. Well, I think there's too much lawmaking going on out there. A lot of these laws are, they're put on the books, that's what these guys do, and then they're forgotten about. And so, anyway, look, here's an interesting point on the Roe v. Wade issue. John Stewart, who is not known to be a conservative, said, uh, you know, I learned something the other day. Uh, that is that the abortion laws over in Europe, in the modern states and uh, countries in Europe, they have stricter abortion laws than do we. They don't allow abortions after 12 weeks, and we're over here fighting about 15 weeks. I was just absolutely stunned to learn that, Stewart said. So, you know, you know once again... Uh, I like that the Supreme Court is considering sending a profound issue like this back to the states. Let the state, you know, and here's the thing. Democracy, democracy, I'm so sick of that word. We do not have di direct democracy, but we could. We could say, okay, state of Louisiana, state of Mississippi, state of California, we're going to put this issue on a ballot and let you decide what the abortion laws will be in our particular state. It could be done. It should be done. And that is democracy. Everybody gets a vote. So let's do it like that. With, to Mark's point with regards to Europe, I do want to make a quick point of information here. Uh, abortion is legal mostly throughout Europe. The exceptions are Malta, the Vatican, Liechtenstein, Andorra, and Poland, which are heavily Catholic. Monaco uh, has severe has laws in place, but their restrictions are much less severe. San Marino, another Catholic country, small country within Italy, uh, had illegal abortions or abortion was illegal there but in a referendum last year the country legalized the country up till the 12th week of pregnancy which was the law that i think you were referring to a second ago mm -hmm. yeah, and poland i think only recently restricted uh, abortion to the level that it is now uh 
I know there were some protests. Well, I, I, I do not know. I've not researched it, but I do know I've heard multiple people say this, that France, using France as an example, France has more restriction on abortions than does the United States. Abortions are not allowed after 12 weeks. We have this Mississippi case where we're grappling over 15 weeks. So it's just it, it's just a kind of a point of contention. It's food for thought. And, and so it's not as though Europe is not known to be solidly conservative. There are a lot of uh, left-leaning views over in Europe. And overall, as a general statement, countries in Europe, to a large degree, have more restrictive abortion laws than the laws in the United Th States. That is just not true. That just well, cannot be Well, I have to research true. it. I, 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 I haven't heard enough people to say it, Jake, that I believe there's some truth in it. I'll have to look well, at it. Now, they looking at... They do have first world medical. medical uh, uh, everybody does have access to medical care there, so maybe that's what you're. <laughs> uh, that's well, what you're thinking Mark, of. Well, to Mark's point, and I do have to give him credit. He is correct. Looking at a world map of Europe, uh, just color coded by the time limit, most of Europe is under 17 weeks. Here in the United States, it's to the end of the uh, end of what is it, 22, 24 weeks, somewhere in there. So second Mark semester. is correct. Yeah, trimester, uh, second. We, we have to consider the, the that people is, uh, that when people go to the hospital in Europe. They're not worried about losing their house. Okay, we don't go to the hospital culturally in the U.S. if we don't have money until the last minute because we will lose all of our money. So in Europe, you don't worry about that because the government actually does something. Should government pay for abortions, Jake? The government should be paying my health insurance. The amount of taxes ah. that I pay, I shouldn't have to also pay Blue Cross and Blue Shield $800 a month. Ah. Well, right, I would disagree, we'll but I'll leave it at that. We'll stop it there. It is 748. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with another local topic on Winging It Wednesday, uh, City Parish Council redistricting, and final thoughts from the panel, as well as a few uh, bits of viewer mail. All that after the break on Winging It Wednesday and Acadiana's Morning News. Want to impress your coworkers? Set them up in Baton Rouge. The Westside's newly renovated conference center is the perfect spot for your next business retreat. Plan now at westbatonrouge.net. That's westbatonrouge.net. Want a financial consultant who sees things through your eyes? Talk to Jeff Gunnels, your local Charles Schwab branch leader at 337-265-4210. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks closing mixed as the market struggles to rebound from losses as uncertainty over inflation, interest rates, and the economy continue to weigh on the market. Real estate companies and consables were among the laggards. Battered tech stocks like Microsoft, Salesforce, and Apple were among the gainers. The sector has suffered some of the biggest losses in recent weeks as investors move out of growth areas and into safe havens. The Dow falling 85 points, the Nasdaq up 114, S&P 500 up 10. An electronic arts share slipped in the extended session after the video game publisher reported a mixed bag of slight beats and misses in both its results and outlook. And Wynn Resorts reported a narrow loss in revenue below analyst expectations in the first quarter as headwinds from the pandemic continue to affect the casino operator. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. Why do I take chalk every day? Because testosterone levels are at an all-time low, and I know the losers who run this country want us weak. They want you weak. They want me weak. They want us all to just be a bunch of effeminate, infertile losers. We can't do that. Start taking a male vitality stack from chalk.com. Go to choq.com, use the code JESSE, and that gets you 30% off. Natural herbal supplements, a patriotic company. choq.com, promo code JESSE. 
on Acadiana's Morning News. It is 7.52 in the morning. Let's hit the mailbag before we go to our break, or before we get back into the topics, I should say. Let's take a look at one of our secret squirrels. He says the Lake Charles Bridge is structurally deficient, not structurally unsound. So uh, there is that. Scott from Plazos checks in. He says, let's see if the, if the computer cooperates, we'll tell you what he says. He <laughs> says, Medicare and Medicaid are socialized medicine. Not the greatest, but it's there. You turn our medical system into a government-paid system, the whole system will turn into what Medicare and Medicaid are now, and that's mediocre. Blaine uh, from Youngsville, also uh, echoing what our secret squirrel said, for what it's worth, I heard the report that Lake Charles's Bridge is structurally sound, but rates F for interstate standards. And yes, it's certainly well below interstate standards. Uh, Winky Dingy Dog checked in this morning. He said he's listening to us while doing his uh, few-mile run this morning, working from the home office. Traffic in the neighborhood is great. Uh, Scott from Plaisance also says traffic from the Nuba Crossroads is good as well. Don Ho's listening. He got a shout-out this morning. He said thanks for the shout-out, and thank you, Don, for listening. We do appreciate that. So last topic on the board this morning. Lafayette City and Parish Councils are going through their redistricting process. Are five city districts and five parish districts enough? If you could make, and if you could wave a magic wand, would you do anything to change the councils? Mark, go first. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I, I didn't waffle, but I didn't have enough information on the previous topics to give a definite opinion. I will hear. The, once again, the question, are five city districts and five parish districts enough? No. No on the city issue. Okay, we've got 126,000, I believe. Yes, uh, right, 126, 127,000 population city of Lafayette. Somewhere it's there. not enough of the parish council as well. They're representing about, they, city council members, about 25,000 constituents. You bump that up on the parish council, they're representing about 35,000 constituents. For to be the hub city and with the largest population here in Acadiana, that is inadequate. Okay, I just found my magic wand. What would I do on the city council issue? Because I ran for city council and I've studied it. What I would do is the following. I would add two at-large districts. Mm. Two at-large mm. districts for a total of seven. Why do we have to, why do we have to be tribal? Why do we have to say, well, I don't have a specific district? Don't you want the overall good of the community? It, it Once again, government should be careful and judicious in studying where they spend the money, where they do projects. It doesn't matter if it's on the north end or the south end, east end or west end. It is what is best for the community, what is the biggest need, and somebody from an an at-large representative should add some balance to the council, in my view. So there it is. I found my magic wand. There's my answer. Jacob, you have 45 seconds. Go. I must say I love Mark's idea, uh, uh, at-large districts, uh, two of them. The only thing is I then have to ask Kui Bono, who will benefit? Wait a second. Is Mark, <laughs> did Mark just announce <laughs> that he's running for an at-large district? No, he did not. No. But, but in truth, that is, that is a great idea. I mean, that would be a way to get, you know, get more of a feel for uh, you know, the community at large. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all, always for, you know, the more people, the harder to uh, uh, corrupt, uh, I would like to think. Yeah, yeah, you know, 10 seconds left. In, in the Constitution, originally, it was like one House representative for every 10,000 people. I would love to see that with 10,000 representatives in the U.S. Try to try to 
you know, try to corrupt all of those people. You might get back to citizen legislature. You know what it is, Jake? Now, one a, a, a member of the House of Representatives in the federal government serves 700,000 people. Yeah. As close that's to that as humanly possible. Yeah. That, that's, ooh, Lord. That's why right, they're... Gentlemen. 50 representatives in the state of California. Kooky. 39 million people. Thanks, y'all. All right, gentlemen, before we go, last question. Paper or plastic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paper, paper, it degrades. How about that? And we have less oil, and oil is what makes plastic. So paper. Yeah, paper. Cut down the trees. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I don't, I don't like wiping with plastic. <laughs> on that note, Jacob Wine and Mark Pope have been our panelists on Winging It Wednesday. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Wipe the board always clean. With you too. Wipe the board well, clean. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, well, callers. Well, thanks, well, thanks commenters. Thanks. <laughs> Get breaking news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. 76% of Americans say it's not okay for people to protest at the homes of Supreme Court justices. That's 76% overall, and that's pretty well across party lines. More interestingly, a majority, 52%, say that Biden's failure to condemn this illegal behavior probably encouraged the lawlessness in the first place. And the fact that three out of four of us say that's not acceptable means that you and me, we're not alone. We're not the ones out of step with the American values. We're not the ones who have gone crazy. It's the left who have gone crazy. And the best part is that most Americans, including Democrats, know it. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each weeknight from 9 to 10 p.m. with Louis R. Avalone and Stephen Fox. On News Talk 96.5 KPEL. And streaming live at KPEL96.5.com. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette, a town square media station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Keep paying more and more. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Inflation still near a 40-year high. Inflation moderated only slightly in the year ending in April and not as much as forecast. The Consumer Price Index rose three-tenths of a percent in one month, up 8.3% for the year ending in April. Fox's Ginny Casola, the worst-than-expected report sent rising stock futures into reverse now down before today's trading. Senate Democrats plan a vote today to try to make abortion legal nationwide after the late draft Supreme Court opinion showing conservative justices ready to overturn the Roe v. Wade ruling. A giant step backwards in the rights of women and the rights of Americans. But Majority Leader Chuck Schumer does not have Republican support to pass that bill. As GOP lawmakers condemn pro-choice activists protesting outside justices' homes, Congressman Darrell Issa tells Fox Business... They're calling it peaceful protest, but the fact is we have a law against uh, intimidating judges and justices, uh, and it's on the books for a good reason. A win and a loss for former President Trump. A Republican he backed for governor in Nebraska, Charles Herbster, lost the primary for governor to Jim Pillen, but in West Virginia. Four-term Congressman Alex Mooney defeated six-term Congressman David McKinley in the second district GOP primary. Former President Trump endorsed Mooney over McKinley, who voted in support of President Biden's infrastructure bill last year. Fox's Tanya J. Power, speaking of the former president, Elon Musk, who's buying Twitter, says he'd let Donald Trump back on, though Trump has said he won't return. Musk tells the Financial Times event banning him was not correct. It alienated a large part of the country. 
and did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. Critics on the left fear Musk's Twitter takeover could lead to more hate speech and misinformation. A nightmare on the way to school for kids in Charlotte, North Carolina. A bus crashed into a dump truck, 15 students injured. In Alaska, a U.S. soldier was killed by a bear attacked during training near Anchorage. America's listening to Fox News. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org employment. Economists are warning that sanctions against Russia could trigger devastating inflation, worse than the current 40-year highs. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to protect your savings right now with a gold IRA through Birch Gold, the only company I trust for gold. Just text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on how to protect your savings with gold. Again, text SHELTER to 989898. There is an empty seat in Congress. Tom Reed, a Republican from New York, has resigned. He had already said he would not run for re-election, facing sexual misconduct allegations. Now, late last night, the House voted to approve another $40 billion in weapons and humanitarian assistance for Ukraine in the fight against Russian leader Vladimir Putin's invasion. Let us not let Putin achieve a victory over democracy and liberty and freedom. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and the Democrats were joined by most Republicans voting in favor of the aid bill that goes to the Senate next. Now in Ukraine... Wreckage was discovered of a convoy of civilians trying to escape the area of Kharkiv in the northeast. A prosecutor's office says at least four innocent civilians, including children, were killed when that convoy of cars tried to flee. These are our civilian citizens who tried to evacuate. Unfortunately, they were with children. They were shot with an automatic gun. One car was hit with a cannon. And the latest on Kharkiv, which is Ukraine's second largest city, Ukrainian forces are reportedly pushing back Russia in that area. It's Fox's Matt Finn in Lviv. Drama in midair over Florida for a man on a small plane who feared the worst when the pilot got sick and could no longer fly it. Air traffic controllers at the Palm Beach International Airport talked the passenger through the landing, first alerted to the emergency when the passenger got on the radio to report, my pilot has gone incoherent, I have no idea how to fly the airplane. The air traffic controller locating the Cessna caravan on radar, coaching the man down to the ground for a safe and steady landing. Neither the name of the hero passenger nor the condition of the pilot have been released. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. Again, after that worse than expected inflation report for April, Dow futures down about 200 points. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center.
Good morning, Acadiana. Daniel Phillips says another hot one is on tap today. Sunny in 92. A full look at the forecast coming up in just a little bit for News Talk 96.5 KPEL. I'm Ian Ozan. We start in Lafayette, where an assistant district attorney's job status is in limbo amid the FBI's investigation at the parish courthouse. District Attorney Don Landry confirmed that the feds are investigating the pretrial diversion program in his office. In a prepared statement, Landry said his office is cooperating with federal agents. Meanwhile, city prosecutor Gary Haynes is on administrative leave from that job pending an outside investigation. LCG officials confirmed those details late Tuesday. Haynes is also an assistant district attorney in the pretrial diversion program. His employment status with the DA's office is not known. Haynes' ex-wife, Barna Haynes, was ensnared in the last pretrial diversion scandal to hit the district attorney's office. Ten years ago, Barna Haynes was then-district attorney Mike Harson's secretary. She pleaded guilty to accepting bribes from a private investigator to arrange private hearings for certain defendants. According to prosecutors in that case, Barna Haynes transferred cases in city court, where her husband worked, to district court and scheduled those cases to be resolved there. Gary Haynes was not implicated in the previous scandal. In other news, a Kaplan woman is dead after a crash in Lafayette Parish. That crash on LA 343 near Moon Court Road killed Lynn Vong. State police say an SUV rear-ended Vong's car, sending both vehicles off the road. The crash remains under investigation. A Generette man is facing a simple arson charge in connection with a trailer fire. The state fire marshal says Jonathan Edwards intentionally set fire to the mobile home's living room. No one was injured, but the mobile home sustained major damage. Lafayette firefighters say a fire drill may have saved the life of a family. That fire happened Tuesday on Crabapple Hill. Firefighters say a four-year-old notified her mother of the fire. The mother then instructed her daughters to go outside to their meeting place while she extinguished that fire. When firefighters arrived, the family was outside in a safe location. The fire began in a laundry room. The cause is under investigation. Kankton is under a boil advisory this morning. That's because of a broken water main. Village officials will give updates as they become available. A bill allowing parents to sue schools who refuse to admit their children for not being vaccinated clears a House committee. Brooke Dorrington has those details. Homer Representative Burl Amade says the bill is needed because some schools still turn unvaccinated students away even when parents opt out. I would have the Department of Education contact the school and let them know that the law says that they are expected to accept these. And lo and behold, sometimes the schools say no. Deborah Nolan opposed the bill, saying we don't need another law giving parents the right to sue. This bill does not create a reason for people to sue. They already can sue. Then we don't need another one. The bill passed on a six to five vote. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Today in the Capitol, New Iberia Representative Blake Miguez will once again bring a bill that would ban state and local governments from taking donations from nonprofit groups to pay for election expenses. Miguez introduced that bill last year and the year before. Lawmakers approved it both times, and Governor Edwards vetoed it both times. It all stems from two different incidents in 2020 and 2021. In both cases, Attorney General Jeff Landry called on the Secretary of State and several parish governments to reject millions of dollars in grants. That money would have covered pandemic and hurricane-related election expenses. The House Committee investigating Ronald Green's death meets today. This meeting comes as federal prosecutors express doubt that they can charge the state troopers involved in Green's death with civil rights violations. 
Kevin Gallagher reports. A sticking point is, did troopers willfully impose punishment on Green after he was cuffed and in custody? Body cam video shows him being beaten and kicked, but does it show willful prejudice against him? Baton Rouge defense attorney Richard Sprinkle. Were they after Ronald Green per se, or were they just overzealous in their job? Prosecutors have been reviewing footage and interviews for months, and Sprinkle says if they don't think they have a good civil rights case, they won't bring one. It's not my experience that federal prosecutors tend to back down unless there's a reason to back down. He says there's no reason this should impede a civil suit by Green's family. I'm Kevin Gallagher. Louisiana's oyster industry has taken major hits over the last 15 years. Hurricanes, floods, and other disasters have increased salinity in oyster beds, killing off some of the crop. Now, UL and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries are working together to develop more resilient oysters. According to UL biology professor Beth Stouffer, the $14 million research partnership is designed to ensure the viability of Louisiana's oyster industry. We're trying to kind of harness that, that tolerance and that ability to survive in those conditions and put more oysters out there that more of them will survive. And we can basically identify oysters that have that trait and kind of target them for breeding, for spawning, and kind of large-scale oyster production. In sports, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajun softball team begins Sunbelt Conference Tournament playing this morning. They'll take on Coastal Carolina at 10 o'clock. The Chanticleers beat ULM 5-0 in yesterday's play-in game to reach the double elimination bracket. Louisiana swept Coastal in their series at Lamson Park two weeks ago. That game starts at 10 o'clock on our sister station ESPN Lafayette. Bobby Neveu and I have the call of that game. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns baseball team uses a late rally to beat Rice. The Cajuns scored five runs between the seventh and eighth innings to beat the Owls 7-3. Connor Kemple recorded a triple, a double, and two runs batted in during that rally. Louisiana and Rice do battle again tonight at 6.30 at Reckling Park in Houston. In the NBA, Bob Lanier, the first overall draft pick in 1970, who became one of his era's most dominant centers, has died. The Basketball Hall of Famer was 73. Nobody won last night's Mega Millions jackpot. It rises to $99 million for Friday. Tonight's Powerball jackpot, $67 million. Lotto, $1,425,000. And the Easy 5 jackpot at $80,000. Another look at headlines coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Ian Ozan, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today. Another hot one out there. Temperatures are going to get to about 92 degrees in the afternoon. Winds coming from the east at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Those overnight lows tonight probably going to be sitting in the upper 60s to low 70s. Looking ahead into tomorrow, probably our hottest day of the week. Coming up tomorrow, mid-90s expected. Heat index may make its first run into the triple digits for Thursday afternoon. We'll have to wait and see how much moisture we end up getting in the area. We do get some showers and thunderstorms possible kind of late Thursday evening, though. We may see them kind of come in from the east across the basin after dinner time. Scattered showers and a few thunderstorms expected for Friday afternoon. I think a little bit more activity again on Saturday. Saturday maybe dodging quite a few showers before clearing up by the end of the weekend and into next week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Want to impress your coworkers? Set them up in Baton Rouge. The Westside's newly renovated conference center is the perfect spot for your next business retreat. Plan now at westbatonrouge.net. That's westbatonrouge.net. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Looking at what's happening on the roadways right now, we do have a crash, South City Parkway at Johnston. That's South City Parkway at Johnston. Also want to remind you, we have a post on our website, kpl965.com, also on the KPL News app. 
that tells you of all the traffic projects that are going into effect today and uh, throughout the rest of this week. Johnson Street, Ambassador, I-10, um, US-90, those are all areas that are seeing traffic projects happening today throughout the rest of the week. So go check that out. Make sure it doesn't impact your daily commutes. This is Acadiana's Morning News, the Wednesday edition in the 8 o'clock hour. That means we are less than two hours away from the first pitch of the Sunbelt Conference Softball Tournament. Ian Ozan joined by the head coach of the Ragin' Cajun Softball Team, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajun Softball Team, Coach Jerry Glasgow. Coach, when we got to the hotel, we looked for you, but you weren't here. They told me that you had another special assignment on the way to Mobile. Yeah, we uh, we drove over. I wanted to bring pitching machines and boxes and balls and be sure we had everything because, you know, this is a week before the NCAA tournament. And I told the girl before we left this morning, like, you know, we're coming over here to win the tournament, but we're also coming over to get prepared for the regional next week. And, you know, we'll play a 10 a.m. game, and we know what time we play, which is great, but I've got 5 p.m. practice scheduled every day. And that's about next week and, you know, about our long-term success and, well, the, the the things that are really important to the program. So this is a hard week for us. It's going to be a morning, afternoon. We're, we'll be basically doing two-a-days. And that's the way I look at it is two-a-days with, with a morning scrimmage followed by an afternoon practice. And hopefully we can go into the regional in a really good position. To we got to get over the hump and get that regional one. This is the time of year where people look at what you've done. They look at the 70 home runs. They look at the 40 victories, the 73 consecutive series victories dating back to 2013, the players that were named all Sunbelt Conference. But even for spectaculars, all that is, that goes out the window now because this is a brand new season. It's win and survive. You have hardly any room for error. And depending on how far you get, you have no room for error. So how do you block out everything that's happened so far and focus on now? Well, you want to win, and you want to you want to win in the postseason, and you know the the awards and all that. That's that's you know that's yesterday's news, and you can't get caught up in all that. All that is 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 stuff that can shut you down mentally if you don't lose, if you don't stay focused, or if you lose focus. And we want to stay focused. Uh, the prize for us is getting to the World Series. I've said that since the day they hired me at Louisiana. I still believe we're going to go to the World Series. I still believe we're going to get to the World Series. And, you know, it all starts with the, just staying focused on what's important. And what's important for this team right now is not just to win the Sunbelt Tournament. We want to win the Sunbelt Tournament. But really what's important is getting ready for that regional next week and being able to go wherever the NCAA committee sends us. We want to be able to go there and, and compete and win games and, and get back to the regional championship and finally kick that door down. Coach Jerry Glasgow joining us on Acadiana's Morning News. The trip through the Sunbelt Conference Tournament begins with a team that gave you some fits a couple of weeks ago, Coastal Carolina, in the two games of the Saturday doubleheader. They jumped out to an early lead, and the Cajuns had to play from behind for the most part before coming back to win those two contests and winning them big. 
How do you not allow Coastal Carolina to take that early lead? How do you lead from wire to wire against them tomorrow, or excuse me, this morning in the first round matchup? Well, it's it's all about focus, and you know, Coach Justin's got to get the pitcher in there. It's going to be eight a.m. Uh, when we start batting practice, and nine thirty, he's going to start warming up the pitcher, and you know, they've got to be focused and they've got to be locked in on the first three hitters of the game know exactly how they're going to get them out, be sure they execute those pitches in the pregame bullpen. And if you execute them pitches in the pregame bullpen and put pressure on yourself and focus on on what you have to do there, you should be able to come out and, and have good results in the first inning. And that's got to be our, our plan, and that's got to be our focus here today. The last few games, going back to that Coastal Carolina series and into last weekend against ULM, the fourth inning has been absolutely huge for the Cajuns. In the two games against ULM, putting or the three games actually, scoring five or more runs in the fourth inning. In the second game, scored nine runs between the fourth and the fifth innings. What is it about the middle of the game that makes your squad come alive? Well, this time of year, you've you've got to where you can adjust. And from day one in the fall... I start telling our girls that we're going to learn how to be the best adjusting team in the country because at the end of the year, the teams in the World Series are simply the, the offensive teams that learn how to adjust on offense. They, they, they go through the, you know, through their respective SEC or their Pac-12 or their Big 12. They go through those conference seasons and they see some really good pitchers and the good teams learn how to beat those pitchers in the second time through the order and they've even more in the third time through the order and, and I think that's what happens as you get into that fourth and fifth inning. It's our second time through the order, maybe even our third time through the order. And, and so we expect to be better each time through. And, 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 and these young kids, it took them a little while to buy into a lot of things that I coach and teach. And it's not easy to play, you know, to play the way I want you to play. It's not easy to accept some of the things that I do with the offensive players uh, in practice. I mean, we hit we hit velocity and we hit machines and we hit 85 and we hit 78 and we hit drop balls and rise balls and curve balls and screw balls and we hit pitches at every angle and it's frustrating and the machines beat you up badly. They're, they'll damage your mentality if you're not careful. Um, and so the kids now, they're all bought in. Like, they understand it now. That's why we don't strike out. We can hit home runs, but we don't strike out. Um, and they're, they're bought in. And this group, I think, is bought in as, as good or better than any group we've had since I've been at Louisiana. And I feel like that's where you're really seeing it now. When we get in that second time through the order, they figure out how to beat you, and they figure out how to fight with you. And so we've, we're a much-improved team, and hopefully we'll continue to see that in these games. Coach Jerry Glasgow joining us on Acadiana's Morning News. You mentioned your team doesn't strike out all that much, and that's something I've noticed over the last couple of months. This is a team that not only do they not strike out much, they make a lot of contact. They put the ball in play, which as a coach is something that you want. And they put the ball in play whether they're aggressive or if it's a game where you're telling them to pull up a little bit. How do you balance being aggressive versus being over-aggressive or maybe not being aggressive enough. How do you know what that happy medium is? Well, you have to be aggressive. And so the key thing that I teach is always be aggressive. No matter, you know, you're, if you're at home plate, you're aggressive. But but you refine your, your batting eye. You refine your knowledge of what's a strike and what's a ball. And you let your, your instincts, you're not up there thinking, you're up there seeing and reacting. And, and if you've been trained properly and you've trained yourself properly over an eight, nine month period, you'll, you'll train yourself. You, you're automatically going to swing at strikes and you're automatically going to take it balls, take balls. And so 
that's what, like early in the year, for instance, a 3 2 count, we'd have kids say, Oh, it's 3 2, I can walk right here. And they'd take strike three right down the middle. Uh, no, no, no. You never ever want to take on strike on a 3 2 count. You always want to hit. You want to hit 100% of the time on a 3 2 count. But if you're, if, if they throw a ball, you're not going to swing at it because you train so well to know that's a ball. And so, Hopefully, we, we, you'll see, if you watch the Cajuns hitters play, hopefully you see us swing at far less balls in the dirt or balls over our head. or You don't see my hitters swinging at silly strikes because we've hopefully trained and conditioned them to, to read ball strikes so well. Coach Jerry Glasgow joining us on Acadians Morning News. Your pitchers have done a marvelous job all season long, and this is one of the few programs in the Sunbelt Conference where you actually have a pitching rotation. If you look at the pitchers that were first-team all Sunbelt, they they were used until their arms fell off, uh, especially in the case of Texas State's pitcher, where she's pitched, in some games, 200 pitches. Uh, how have you been able to get your your pitching staff to play as a staff to know that they can rely on each other yeah i think it's just having quality arms and then then buying into a coach justin and coach Justin doing a great job of getting him to believe in his leadership and in his mentality and and the things that he's preaching and selling them and and leading them the philosophy that he's leading them with they've all bought in and we've got three really talented uh starters and then we've got other. We got you know. We if we need Carly Heath, we got a kid that can come in and throw sixty-eight mile an hour, and touch 69, 70. But I mean, if we need her to throw, she's there and she's ready. But we've really settled in with these three starters now, and they're locked in. They're doing a great job, and that's allowed Heath to really concentrate on hitting and defense. So I think it's just a combination of talented pitchers with a really talented young coach that is has really. Um, Got his got his pitchers believing in him and believing in his system, and and so the, the results are really good right now. Those three pitchers, Sam Landry, Megan Shorman, and Kendra Lamb, are we going to see them pitch as, I don't want to say pitch as a team because that's not the right phrase to use, but see them as a unit like we did last weekend where all three of them pitch in a game, or are you looking to get five, six quality innings from a single pitcher per game this weekend? Yeah, now's a postseason, so you're going to start your ace, and you're, we, in the postseason, what the plan will be is to, to go with that ace as long as she's effective. And the minute you see that, you know, maybe they're, they're getting to her or maybe they've adjusted a little bit to her or you see that she's started to, to fatigue a little bit, lose control. Uh, when we see trouble coming, then we hopefully can react quickly and switch. And then we know how to do that now. But it's not a set plan like last weekend where we have a certain number of innings and we're going to switch. It's going to be, uh, get your starter out there and hope she can give us a quality start in four or five innings and then and then do whatever we have to do to win a game behind her. Coach Jerry Glasgow joining us on KDN's Morning News. Offensively, this team has clicked at the right time. Stormy Konselnik, an amazing weekend last weekend, had several home runs. Alexa Langliers had six RBI over the course of the weekend. And that's just touching the surface of what this team can do offensively. Uh, you Again, playing Coastal Carolina tomorrow, what's the lineup going to look like? Any significant changes or are we going to see pretty much the status quo? Yeah, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll watch batting practice here this morning and, and we'll see what we 
come up with, but I can tell you Stormy will be the lead off, and I can tell you Langler's just going to move into that uh, four and five hole the rest of, of as long as she stays hot. I think she's hitting 440 over the last 20 games, and her RBI numbers are skyrocketing. The good news is we got Jordan Campbell back out here on the field today, and uh, and we'll watch Piscos closely in BP. I'm hoping that Piscos is ready to go in 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 that early part of the order, and then. The other question mark today is uh, we believe Maddie Hayden's ready to play and get back out on the field. She's going to be one of you know the key factors for us over the next four years and uh, the next four postseasons. I want to get her on the field in this in this Sun Belt tournament bad and get her experience. So um, I believe she'll play today, and we'll find out. We'll we'll know exactly when we see them all hit. You beat me with my next question in terms of injuries with Sophie and with Maddie getting injured over the last couple of weekends with freak plays at first base. I was going to ask if they're playing, but you said your hope is to get them in this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know the the and the the, in, the injury lingering is Rain O'Neill. Her throwing hand is still bothering her. She still it really hurts her to hit. She's been able to take only a limited batting practice and then throwing the ball. Um, she's really having trouble gripping the ball. To make accurate throws, so we'll just kind of mix and match. And we got we got several really good outfielders right now. Falterman had led the led the whole Sun Belt Conference in hitting with a 4.40 average, and and been red hot over the last 10 games. She's like 4.20 over the last 10 games. So we'll get Falterman out there. Kramer Ashtay is also, you know, hitting a 370 clip. I want to get her postseason experience just like I want to get Hayden postseason. So I expect to rotate those four outfielders quite a bit. And there'll be times when I even have to put uh, Carly Heath out there because I want to get her, her bat and uh, Lainey Crater's bat in the lineup. So we'll platoon some that allow us to basically play two DPs. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's a big spark plug to our offense when we get those two big left-handed bats in there. As a coach, when you have a team with this much talent, both raw talent and developed talent, how in the world do you balance it all? Is it, is it as easy as some people think it might be, or is it more difficult to manage a team that has this much talent? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. It, I mean, it's easier to coach a talented team that's bought in than it is an untalented team. So don't feel sorry for me, but like it's getting all the great uh, young freshmen in the lineup and getting them postseason experience at the same time trying to win every single game for the university and for our program is, is tricky. And they got to be patient with me. And then they've got to accept. And then you get a great senior like Rain O'Neill who's come back and battling the injury. You know, she's got to be patient. But these kids are, these are great teammates and they're great kids. They're great people. Um, and they're going to respect whatever decision the coaching staff makes. And and they've had our back all year. I think they're going to have our back all the way to the end. Coach Jerry Glasgow joining us on Acadians Morning News. Before we let you go, I want to go back to the first thing we talked about, and that's you taking a long road trip from Lafayette to Mobile in your truck, bringing all the pitching equipment, the balls, and everything else. You've been a road warrior as of late. You drove the entirety of the Midwest road trip from Lafayette to St. Louis, then to Champaign, Illinois, to uh, Evanston, Indiana, and then, or excuse me, Bloomington, Indiana, and then all the way to North Carolina and Boone, and then back to Lafayette. There's some people right now thinking, is this man nuts? Mm -hmm. How in the world did you manage to pull off that road trip and no less with the bum foot? Well, I want to win, you know, and I want my kids to hit. I want my kids to know that. You know, I did everything I could do to help them be successful as a hitter. Um, and so to do that, you have to keep your routine the same. Like we're at home, we're on the road, we're going to hit the same way, we're going to hit with the same uh, philosophy. And 
and with our hitting system, it's kind of, it's a little complex, but we got to hit off boxes and we got to hit off, off velocity. So I need the machines there. I need a certain kind of ball that'll break a certain way. Uh, it's not easy uh, and it's not supposed to be easy, but those are things that give our program an advantage at the end of the day. And, and it's no different. When I was at Texas A&M, I drove, they flew on a private jet and I, I drove to Missouri and I drove to Tennessee and I drove to Kentucky. And, you know, it took me a day and a half to get home from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, but I did it because I wanted to win and I wanted my hitters to know I had their back and I, I was going to try my best to make them successful. And it's no different here. I'm the head coach, but I, I still coach like I'm an assistant coach. I mean, I don't ask Justin to drive or Coach Lacey to drive. I drive. And I do that for a reason. I want my kids to know, you know, how I'm working my tail off to make them successful. And they've been successful indeed, and the success hopefully continuing over the course of the next few days. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns playing in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, the first game in about an hour and a half from now against Coastal Carolina, 9.45 pregame, 10 o'clock first pitch on our sister station, ESPN Lafayette. Bobby Neville and I will have the call of that game on ESPN Lafayette. Coach Jerry Glasgow, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. We appreciate it, and we hope we're staying this 10 a.m. game all week. Sounds like a plan. We're back with more of Acadiana's Morning News after this on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Previously on the Moon Griffon Show. Some people on the committee are concerned about teachers not even being able to talk to their class about what they did and where they went with their spouse. I'm your teacher. I'm teaching your kid. They asked me a question. Yeah, like me and my husband, we went to the movies last night. We just went to see a movie and enjoyed ourselves. Then we went to supper. Then we went home. Who said the teacher can't tell a kid that? The bill's talking about gender. You got these lopsided, sadistic teachers. Well, yeah, I'm going to talk to my first graders about this. Hell, they ask it about it. And, and it's just one after another. You, you want to pull your hair out. So what are you doing? Reading, writing, arithmetic. All you need to do. Get informed and have some laughs along the way. The Moon Griffon Show, every weekday morning at 9 a.m. here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the KPEL News app. Now the headlines from the KPEL News Center. It is 8.36 in the morning. It's about 75 degrees in Lafayette right now. Only going to get warmer today. Sunny and 92, says Daniel Phillips. A full look at the forecast coming up in just a few minutes for News Talk 96.5 KPEL. I'm Ian Ozan. We start in Lafayette, where an assistant district attorney's job status is in limbo amid the FBI's investigation at the parish courthouse. District Attorney Don Landry confirmed that the feds are investigating the pretrial diversion program in his office. In a prepared statement, Landry said his office is cooperating with federal agents. Meanwhile, city prosecutor Gary Haynes is on administrative leave from that particular job. LCG officials confirm that Haynes is on leave late last night. Haynes is also an assistant district attorney in the pretrial diversion program. His employment status with the DA's office is not known at this time. A Kaplan woman is dead after a crash in, La in Lafayette Parish. That crash on LA 343 near Moon Court Road killed Len Vong. State police say an SUV rear-ended Vong's car, sending both vehicles off the road. The crash remains under investigation. Lafayette firefighters say a fire drill may have saved the life of a family. That fire on Crab Apple Hill started in the laundry room of the house. Firefighters say a four-year-old notified her mother, who then instructed her daughters to go outside to their meeting place while she put out the fire. The cause is still under investigation. Kankton is under a boil advisory this morning. That's because of a broken water main. Village officials will give updates as they become available. 
Louisiana's oyster industry has taken major hits over the last 15 years. Hurricanes, floods, and other disasters have increased salinity in oyster beds, killing off some of the crop. Now UL and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries are working together to develop more resilient oysters. According to UL biology professor Beth Stouffer, the $14 million research partnership is designed to ensure the viability of the Louisiana oyster industry. We're trying to kind of harness that, that tolerance and that ability to survive in those conditions and put more oysters out there that more of them will survive. And we can basically identify oysters that have that trait and kind of target them for breeding, for spawning, and kind of large-scale oyster production. In sports, the Louisiana Rage and Cajun softball team begin Sunbelt Conference Tournament play in about an hour and 20 minutes from now. The Cajuns take on Coastal Carolina at 10 o'clock. The Chanticleers beat ULM 5 to nothing yesterday in the play-in game to reach the double elimination bracket. By the way, Louisiana swept Coastal in their series at Lampson Park two weeks ago. The Louisiana Rage and Cajuns Excuse me, baseball team uses a late rally to beat Rice. The Cajuns scored five runs between the seventh and the eighth innings to beat the Owls 7-3. Connor Kemple recorded a triple, a double, and two runs batted in during that rally. Louisiana and Rice do battle again tonight at 6.30 at Reckling Park in Houston. In the NBA, Bob Lanier, the first overall draft pick in 1970, became one of the most dominating centers of his era. He died overnight. He was 73 years old. Mega Millions jackpot at $99 million. Nobody won the big one last night. Powerball tonight at $67 million. And the lotto at $1,425,000. And finally, Brandon, today is a special day, especially for those of us who over the years have worked the graveyard shift. Today is National Third Shift Workers Day. Pays tribute to all the folks who work the night shift. Hmm. It was founded just a couple years ago to celebrate uh, those on the graveyard shift. Jeff Corbett from North Carolina, well, he himself is, uh, is a graveyarder. He uh, invented the holiday, if not to celebrate anybody else, certainly to separate or to celebrate himself. It's also, and this is one we can get behind, eat what you want today. Yes. So, hey, just go for it. Go for it. And if you're high on yourself, it's World Ego Awareness Day, too. Good Lord. Okay, so in addition, going, okay, so going back to the oh yeah, uh -huh. one more day. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Hostess Cupcake Day, National Foam Rolling Day, National Receptionist Day, National Root Canal Appreciation Day, and National School Nurse Day, and National Twilight Zone Day. Okay, wow, there's a lot of different things to go off there. Okay, so National Receptionist Day, we have to uh, recognize Janet, our receptionist yes. here, who is very multi-talented, um, can dance like no one's business. Um, can tell jokes with the best of them and uh, keeps us all in line. So uh, thank you, Janet. Um, okay, uh, National Eat What You Want Day. Okay, if you could eat anything you want right now, Ian, you had a genie and one of the wishes was you had to order something, what would you order? Oh, good Lord, don't put me on the spot right now. That's a fat boy dilemma. <laughs> um, Why would okay. you do that to me? Uh, I mean, there's not one food that just pops in your head that you're just like, okay, this is what I'm eating right now. No, not really, because it's it's morning. I'm torn. Do I want breakfast? Do I want a, a big breakfast with bacon and eggs and hash browns and all of that? Do I want uh, Do I want to go light? Do I want a muffin? Uh, do I want a catfish pull boy from old time? Do I want what? Do I want? I don't know. Just, uh, hey, but maybe I, I want some of those chicken wings. They're going to be serving in Park International. Dude, on I want Saturday. one of those chicken wing stuffed with boudin. That sounds amazing. You know, only in Opelousas would somebody come up with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and then I'm trying to remember what some of the other... There was one other day that caught my attention, but I can't remember what it was now. National Root Canal Appreciation yeah, Day? Yeah, actually, that was the one, Ian. Because uh, you had one not too long ago, didn't you? I did, and uh, I do have to say uh, that uh, the doctor that performed my root canal does listen to KPL, and uh, Dr. Rainwater <laughs> does a, did a tremendous job, and I didn't know that he listened to KPL until after... He did my root canal. He called in one day and he was like, "Hey, that you know, um, that was me that did your root canal." And he did a sensational job. I went into it like, okay, nervous because you know all the you know y'all hear, hear all the the jokes and the puns about root canals and how bad they are. And he made it as pleasant of an experience as you can possibly make it, and it was not bad at all. And uh, I have to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, cause some dental procedures can really suck, especially some root canals and that one did not, it really wasn't bad at all. So, uh, definitely got to give a shout out to Dr. Rainwater. You know, uh, going back to the, what you can eat, what you want day, uh-huh. the, the, you know, something I do want right now. And it's something that the atomic blonde, uh, prepared for me the other day. Okay. A bison burger. Just get I've some, never uh, ground, had one. How good get is some it? ground bison from Rouse's or one of the other local establishments. Okay. Do a burger patty. It is phenomenal, it, and especially especially if you have someone who knows how to do it right, and the Atomic Blonde knows how to do it right. It it just comes out wonderful. That with some sweet potato fries, that actually sounds good oh, right about now. Sweet potato fries are awesome. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, we have like sweet potato fries on standby in the freezer at the house. I, I, I swear. Um, sometimes we like to pick up burgers, and we just we get it. We have our own fries ready. But since we're going to talk about like um, you know something. I don't say off the beaten path, but you know, like you talked about bison burgers, deer sausage. Like, mm. give me some deer sausage right now, and I'm happy. No, that is that is phenomenal. And Mr. Bobby sitting next to me, I, I can tell you right now, he wants a sauce pecan. And he makes a mean <laughs> sauce pecan. Yeah, absolutely. So it is right now. It is eight forty-four in the morning. We'll pause for a quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up today's edition of Acadiana's Morning News on News Talk ninety-six-five KPL. Don't you go anywhere. The loudest voices on the biggest issues impacting your life. Continuing the long tradition of informing you in Acadiana. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Depend on it. Want to impress your coworkers? Set them up in Baton Rouge. The Westside's newly renovated conference center is the perfect spot for your next business retreat. Plan now at westbatonrouge.net. That's westbatonrouge.net. We are back on Acadiana's Morning News. We only have a few seconds left to get out of here. Brandon, I appreciate you sitting in the co-host chair today and getting us on the air and making sure everything went right all, uh, all today. Absolutely, man. God willing, and if the checks don't bounce, we are back here tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. Bernie is back. I'll be here. She'll be here. We trust you'll be here, too. Until we do meet again, I'm Ian Ozan reminding you, don't take life too seriously. You're not getting out alive anyway. Good day, everybody. The Fox Business Report is being brought to you by Our Lady of Lords, where they believe your health lives in the story of your life. They listen. They heal. Visit LordsRMC.com. We listen. We heal. For more information. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks closing mixed as the market struggles to rebound from losses as uncertainty over inflation, interest rates, and the economy continue to weigh on the market. Real estate companies and consables were among the laggards. Battered tech stocks like Microsoft, Salesforce, and Apple were among the gainers. The sector has suffered some of the biggest losses in recent weeks as investors move out of growth areas and into safe havens. The Dow falling 85 points, the Nasdaq up 114, S&P 
500 up 10. An electronic arts share slipped in the extended session after the video game publisher reported a mixed bag of slight beats and misses in both its results and outlook. And Wynn Resorts reported a narrow loss in revenue below analyst expectations in the first quarter as headwinds from the pandemic continue to affect the casino operator. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hilary Barsky, invested in you. Why do I take chalk every day? Because testosterone levels are at an all-time low, and I know the losers who run this country want us weak. They want you weak. They want me weak. They want us all to just be a bunch of effeminate, infertile losers. We can't do that. Start taking a male vitality stack from chalk.com. Go to choq.com, use the code JESSE, and that gets you 30% off. Natural herbal supplements, a patriotic company. choq.com, promo code JESSE.